Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Tuesday show. You guys can't see it here, but our third host over here, Nathan, is getting some belly rubs on my table. And then I am also here with Mr. Ultra David. How you doing? I'm doing great. It's great to be over here again. You know, it's always nice to take a little bit of time off of my own apartment. I feel like I spend so much time there these days. So, you know, I really enjoy the ride over to your apartment where I'm driving through the actual human reality uh, outside in the world. And eventually, after I've done that for a while, I end up at your place in real life, which is where I am. Exactly. And hello, mm -hmm. Nathan. Oh, hello. <laughs> Right here. And uh, big boy. David is a little shrunken over here. I'm yeah, gonna he have feels, to. It's very large to me today. I don't know what happened. Yeah, let me let me tweet that. He's been that. eating too much, James. <laughs> oh man. So all right, here's what we're gonna do today. We're gonna talk about Grand Blue Fantasy Versus because there's new stuff. We'll talk about Zoe. We'll talk about the patch. Uh, we also have a special guest today, who will come in with uh, an air horn now. <laughs> oh there we go okay <laughs> and, and we're also going to talk uh about some viewer choice questions uh with some fun stuff this way uh, this week to talk about it, i would say in the five five matchup and then we're also going to chat a little bit in that same context about uh fgc dark money or whatever some interesting stuff on a few other changes to games some other community news but you know there's not a ton going on these days. Everybody <laughs> is well aware. So. I mean, weirdly gonna... enough, there's actually kind of a lot going on, but just okay. like nothing major. Nothing. Maybe not fighting game. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. No, this is, of course, one of the most important periods in world history, uh, at least in modern times. But for fighting games, the last few weeks have not been super news heavy. So anyway, yes. we're going to get into something that did happen, and that is above me in Grand Blue Fantasy Versus. Yes, so Grand Blue Fantasy Versus, everybody's been waiting for this April patch because it was supposedly going to do a lot of balancing stuff and, uh, you know, a lot of people kind of... The tiers have been forming pretty solidly in Grand Blue Fantasy Versus, so a lot of people were looking forward to see what kind of... Uh, um, you know, changes that they were applying to make to the character, uh, to the characters. And then also, of course, Zoe came out at the same time. So there you go. So new patch came out and uh, definitely they've done some nerfing to some of the strong characters. And, and but surprisingly, they didn't it didn't feel like they went overboard. You know what I mean? Okay. So which is good, which is good. Things totally. like Catalina's towards heavy punch, obviously a lot more easily with punished. Uh, fairy, for example, her crouching D and her four and her five M uh, were nerfed uh, so that they weren't as oppressive as they were before. And then Loane got nothing. I heard he got nerfed. Is that right? <laughs> I, I'm not saying that on Twitter. I, I'm not sure exactly uh, if he was nerfed or not, but uh, I looked at the notes and it's just you read it and there's like barely and there was there's it's like so insignificant that it just might as well have been a nerf. So okay, yeah, I honestly and maybe this is something we could even talk about one of these days, but it really does feel like they're balancing for lore more than more than for. 
uh, competitiveness for that character in particular. However, the thing about it is they don't have to balance it for lore because every time he wins, it's an imagination. So, you know, in his imagination, he should be super extra powerful. So even if he was top tier, that would make the joke even more funny that, you know, it turns out that they didn't actually beat anybody. So, yeah. <laughs> so you don't you don't think that he's worse, like overall? I no, mean, no, the, the, like I said, himself, he's not worse. OK, OK. The, the, like I said, the changes are super minor. Like, I think he can cancel the second hit of his chain now because it used to be considered airborne. But like I said, there's like three very small things that I didn't feel like were particularly significant. So I see. What about the rest of the cast? Uh, again, since I haven't messed with a lot of the characters as much as I messed with Loane, uh, it seems like from the ear to the social medias that uh, a lot of the people are saying that the patch is pretty good so far. Uh, I think people are just largely happy that Fairy got nerfed. You know, her 2D clashes with a lot thi- lot of things a lot more. Her, That's the sweep, right? 2D. Yeah, the sweep. Uh, her, her standing medium, the, the really super like half screen whip. Like she can't do two of them in a row. It gets hit a lot easier. I think some characters oh. at closer range can punish it. So it's oh. just, it's not as powerful as it used to be. So uh, sh- they didn't nerf her, her EXDP. I think that's the same. I, in fact, yeah. unless someone in the chat can actually uh, correct me on that one. But uh, I don't think they nerfed that. So, uh, oh, the, it did get nerfed according to Kaiser Ken. Okay, I might have just missed that one then. Mm. It's slower. Got it. Got it. It is slower startup. Okay, but she still has it. <laughs> <laughs> Dalsum, yeah, they're not gonna take that away, right? Yeah, Dalsum still has the EX uppercut. <laughs> I mean, I didn't end up playing that game really, but if there was gonna be a reason for me to play that game, it was basically to play Fairy because she seems like, yeah. What if Dalsum had a DPE? That sounds great. That's <laughs> been a fantasy of mine forever. <laughs> yeah, but uh... <laughs> but oh, um... wow. oh dang! That's the official HDX announcement. I want everybody to know. I brought him with me. I just want to be clear that when I took him in the car with me, don't worry, everybody. I <laughs> made sure to put him in the cat carrier. I made sure that it was nicely uh, belted in. You know, I got to make sure that as we, oh, no, as he shuts down important parts of my stream. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. He's anyway, it's all totally fine. Kotaku article part two. <laughs> right, well. Oh, my God. Your cat is gigantic. Yeah, we are definitely having a cat battle here on stream today. So. Yeah, well, you know what? I'm happy that they're getting along as well as they are. It's almost like they don't even notice each other. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, also, uh, of course, coming with the patch was the new character in Zoe. And uh, character seems really cool so far. I, it seems like she's going to have a lot of good tech to discover and a lot of stuff to figure out. Uh, in case you're not aware of exactly what her mechanic is, is yeah. she's kind of like a, a puppet light character. You know, she has a dragon that she can attack with. Uh, that And the dragon has its own meter that, you know, it's kind of like Eddie. As you keep doing stuff, the meter drains. You can charge the meter up again and everything. And so you can actually make the dragon start doing attacks and you can attack while it's 
attacking. She's even okay. got a, a lightning strike that has nothing to do with the dragon that if you hold the button, it doesn't strike right away. So you can let it go a little bit later and then come and attack while that's happening. So it feels like to me what they really did with Grand Blue is, you know, they kind of try to start with some of the more basic, simpler characters and as they go, you know, they added Narmaya. Hey, I'm a stance switch character and I can switch anytime. And now here's a pseudo light puppet kind of character. And, you know, mm-hmm. maybe that's kind of what they're doing because, you know, it, it kind of feels that way even with games like uh, BB Tag as well. Like the character started off pretty basic and now in the last patch there's a freaking tank, right? <laughs> so. <laughs> Okay, all right. Yeah, and and I think that's right. I think they're doing a good job, and honestly, I think that's kind of one of the reasons why Lowain does kind of remain a little bit low tier because he is kind of mm-hmm. wacky, and if he did get better, I think people would get a lot more angry, and, uh, you know, especially with, like, Yggdrasil just completely decimating people who aren't aware of how to handle it yet. Yeah, like last week when we had Keats on the show, he was talking about how he thinks that some characters just shouldn't be the best. Like, mm-hmm, Agonos mm-hmm. just, like, should not be a strong character. Not that he should suck, right? But, like, that he shouldn't be one of the better characters in the game just because he's so weird and frustrating to play against. Is that kind of your take on Loane? Yeah, 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 basically, yeah. He would be one of those characters that if he was too strong, like, if you couldn't hit all of his friends, you would basically be locked down the entire time. And then he'd call Yggdrasil and then just destroy you with unblockables. And then he mm-hmm. would eat food and gain all his health back. And then you would just be like, I hate this, and, and, and just, like, leave. That, that sounds pretty awesome to me, but, I, you know, fair enough. <laughs> hey, that's why I picked him, because when, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. when they showed up, remember when Jason showed up on the show and we got to test him, I was like, dude, I... I just want to launch missiles and eat food all day, and then it yeah. just didn't kind of pan out. So, oh man. So, uh, any thoughts on strength of Zoe, or is that just too early? Uh, I mean, I don't think I could do a proper assessment. Uh, I've seen some people say that they think. Uh, I saw someone refer to the fact that people are saying that Zoe might not have good neutral, but then. I think it might have been Ricky who was like, you guys are crazy. Zoe seems to have mm-hmm. great neutral. Uh, you know, I think uh, a bunch of other people were saying that Zoe feels like a pretty strong character right now. But, you know, time will okay. tell if the, the dragon lockdowns get even stronger. I mean, there's a clip of Goichi getting a perfect on somebody online with dragon lockdowns. But the guy literally just didn't low block half the time, you know. So, yeah, I bet there's a clip of Goichi getting a perfect on somebody without dragon lockdowns, too. Right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <Plus exactly>. <laughs> so, so far, it seems like she's going to be a strong character. Uh, she actually, I mean, just from what I mess with her a little bit, there's a, a lot of appeal, I think, to, to trying this character because she feels very different. It feels like, you know, okay. uh, when Grand Blue Fantasy Versus first came out, you know, characters like uh, Matera and Fairy looked like that they had good kind of tech stuff that you can go into the lab and research and find these lockdown patterns and stuff but then there was like yeah. gran who was just like you just jump at people with a foot and they die um but it feels like uh the reason why i kind of steered towards fairy and matera you know from early plays after i got the game was because it felt like they had that kind of tech but mm-hmm. um it feels like uh zoe has zoe has that potential as well so okay. uh definitely a character that i'm i'm very interested in messing with and trying him trying her out okay yeah. From the perspective of somebody who's not playing the game, it feels to me that the game has like already changed a lot. Like there's mm-hmm, several mm-hmm. new DLC characters. There's already been a couple of patches. 
as somebody who is playing the game, does it feel to you like it's changing too much, or is it okay? Um, it doesn't seem like the patch is anything huge. I mean, it's it's really just balance right now, and even yeah. if it, I, like I said, I haven't been playing enough to be able to quantify it, but I think most people are going to be happy that the patch is there because, like I said, I, I think that there's some of the characters that were clearly a little kind of powerful <laughs> and people were okay. getting kind of frustrated with them. And uh, so, you know, early on and especially as we fit, because, I mean, this is happening with, like, every time a brand new game came comes out, like, people ask me what changed, like, in Street Fighter V Season 1, and I always say yeah. if we played it for a long time, I don't know if Ryu would have been top tier you know, if we had played season one for a long time, Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball was a very, very different game when it first came out to what it is, you know, even before the big patch, by the end, it was very different. It was like, oh, we use sparking to save characters instead of the, the X Factor last character comeback, you know, we were playing yeah. it wrong. And I feel like Grand Blue, you know, as we're figuring the game out a little bit more, some characters ended up being a little bit stronger. So it's That's actually kind of good that they're putting a patch out early because you know i would see guys like Giuna and a whole bunch of other guys are like man i can't wait till this april patch i can't wait till this april patch uh, yeah yeah, so. yeah right so i mean what what i heard about it was from people who were talking about it as if it was they were hoping it was going to change a lot mm -hmm. and then when it didn't change as much i think that's when i at least heard from some people on twitter that they felt that it wasn't what the game needed oh really oh okay i haven't seen i haven't seen that sentiment yet okay i might have just missed that uh to be honest with you so i don't know maybe i'm just following negative people I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, dude it's weird how that happens though right but that's such a indication of how social media works like just depending on which ones jump on your timeline you get a kind of a different perspective on things it's very it's, it's it's a very interesting observation to have you know and makes it so that you have to be very warned about you know seeing what the trends are because that's the most dangerous thing about twitter right is the echo chamber potential of the of it so sure yeah yeah okay so according to high fight who has been you know uh keeping track with the game a little bit uh yeah. you know uh he says that the patch has better balance it's just not new stuff to play with and okay. I, I guess that's kind of what i was expecting okay maybe okay. other people were expecting more you know like crazy crazy changes or something but i don't know okay. yeah i mean certainly my preference as somebody who when i'm picking up a game i would rather that it not change a lot like mm -hmm. i'm okay with there being dlc again i feel like five new characters in two months is like maybe more than i would want <laughs> but I, I don't know <laughs> yeah but on the other hand it didn't ship with a very large roster after all right um, exactly yeah so yeah no i i I'm not saying that I would have expected or wanted there to be a big revamp, but I think I was following people mm -hmm. who were expecting that, and it doesn't seem to have happened. Yeah, that's that's cool for me. Like, I, if I were somebody playing it, I don't think that I would want big changes. And and you know, to be honest with you, since the game is kind of new, and like you said, the roster was small, I feel like yeah. adding five characters in two months is more just fleshing out almost kind of like what the game should have started with a little bit more. And the game is still brand new enough that I don't feel like. You know, you, you, you can jump to those new characters and not feel like you're... Like, let's say the world tours were going on right now. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that, that we weren't all quarantined or whatever like that. I feel like the characters are coming out so early enough in the game that we don't know the game well enough that you could have jumped to Sori's 
or or Zoe or somebody, you know, right now oh. and still be prepared by the end of the year for the, 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 the World Tour Finals because the game is still so brand new. I guess that does make sense. Yeah, certainly in Street Fighter, at least, characters that came out later in each year weren't actually picked up by the pros, for the mm-hmm. most part, anyway, until yeah. their following year. Or in some cases, like, two years later. You know? Right. So, yeah. that's true. So, All I, right. I don't think it's too bad right now. So and, 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 like I said, I feel like they're adding a lot of the kind of more interesting characters here, like, crazier characters. Like, Soros doesn't even have, you know, his super skybound unless he activates. Like, he has to go into a mode, and then he can activate it, you know. So, you know, you can't just hit someone with it directly. He's got interesting unblockable setups. I don't know how much he's changed in the patch, because to be honest with you, I I only mess with him a tiny bit. But, you know, Mm -hmm. I just feel like they're coming out with a lot of really interesting designs right now. Narmaya was a huge shock to me when she first dropped because i was like wow i didn't think they would put this kind of complex stance switch character you know it's not it's more like gen was where as long as you hit the stance switch button even if you're in the middle of something she would end into another stance you know and that surprised me that they were willing to put that kind of character in there but again good indication to me that they are willing to kind of go nuts with this game at some point in time so we'll see how it keeps going all right man anything else to say about it uh no not right now uh like i said uh just we'll have to see and see how people react as uh the weeks go by here makes sense to me all right then well in that case you want to move on to the next thing uh, I mean, only if we have an air horn to announce the next thing that's coming. He had his button on the finger. <laughs> that wow. was that was rollback netcode that time, okay? Yes, it was. That's that was rollback netcode. It was mental rollback. That uh, time. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> anyway, do you have him on screen? You should probably do the intro because you'll know when he's Pow, on screen. Oh, there we go. I mean, Welcome. I see him here. Welcome to the Ultra Chen Tuesday show to Mr. Super Joe Monday. How are you doing? Hey. Hey, what's happening? <laughs> Bringing the air horn energy. What's ha- what's going on? It's <laughs> it's Tuesday. Hey, buddy. Is it Wednesday? I have no idea anymore. I haven't been outside in weeks. Well, neither have I showered. Does it show on screen? Can as, you see uh, that? As far as I know right now, it is now officially the Monday show instead of the Tuesday show because we have mm-hmm. Joe Monday okay. here. Okay. <laughs> no, your hair looks good. Your hair looks good. One of That's my true. favorite parts about this uh, weird thing that we're all living through is that everybody's hair is all doing the same thing, right? Everybody's hair is growing too long. <laughs> the day, the, the very day that I live in Pittsburgh, whenever they decided everything is closed except essential businesses was the day that I had a scheduled appointment. There's only oh. one lady who can take care of this mop, and it's Allie, and she knows how to, she knows how to work it. Okay. She's the only person I trust. <laughs> so did you this. miss the appointment then? I missed it because it was, the, it yeah. was the day. Yeah, I couldn't, And she was like, I'm sorry, I can't. Uh, <laughs> so when's the last time you got it cut? It was whenever this started. It was about, oh, wait, no, it was six months before that, so seven months at this point okay my split ends my split so, ends are sorry guys i'm with, gonna do with something long hair that's an imp- i didn't learn this until later in life <laughs> when i grew out the long hair is that like that's kind of a long time to have like it, it does like a frizz out yeah. thing that is not 
it's not a good it's not a good look that's <laughs> happening back here right now i haven't had the haircut since november that was my last time because i had a similar story where i was planning to get my haircut on in the week without everything shut down uh i was it was the week after final combat the last mortal Kombat, the last tournament that i did and mm -hmm. that's when everything blew up so i haven't had one since november and I think it's kind of fun to like look at everybody's <laughs> terrible hair, including my own. That's why. So I just uh, my brother had his wife cut his hair. My dad had his wife cut his hair, or my mom cut his hair. I guess is the technical term there. But I don't want to <laughs> do that. I just want to let it grow out. I think it's kind of cool. Hey, hey I'm David, not upset about it. David, I mean, does it look great? No, but. You know how we people have been doing that thing on like TikTok or whatever where they recreate old photos. I need you to recreate that old mullet photo once the hair starts growing out a little bit more. Get the tank top, get the can of beer or whatever, you know, just like I need you to Bus recreate business that. David up front, party David in the back. <laughs> what hey. a time in my life it was to By go the from way. having long hair that was down to my shoulders to then my friends and I in college were going to go to the spring break. So I wanted to get my hair cut cool and short for spring break purposes, right? I wanted to look like a cool guy, as you do in college. And so in between, I decided that this is my one chance in life to get a mullet. So I walked into the uh, into the hair cutter and I was like, "Please give me a mullet." And they actually didn't know what it was. I had to I had to look up a picture of what a mullet was because nobody oh, had Patreon goal? googled Yammy or Yager around that time. I, I think I actually might have googled Yager. Yeah, <laughs> like it couldn't have been Google, but whatever. Jammy or Jet? Yeah, you did a you did an Ask Jeeves for Jammy or Jagger, and you got that there. Uh, you got that mullet. That's Definitely. it. That's it right there. Definitely. Sorry, that's. Well, the... I walked out of a hair cutter with a mullet and other people I think were pretty confused as I was doing so. Just people, you're walking out of there? I think that's the opposite. Uh, anyway, I did have a mullet for two days and I got it cut again before I went to Mexico. For oh my God. It's what happens when you fall asleep in a chair at Supercuts. <laughs> Alright, anyway, what are we doing here? It's all mullets. <laughs> we're talking about mullets here. That was the whole point of this this, this guest spot over here. So, uh, I mean, no. really, I'm just bummed out that I missed my hair appointment because for Anyone out there who has long hair, and this is one more plug on hair, uh, <laughs> is that with long hair, it's, like, tough to cut, apparently, and it, like, costs more money. Ladies' cuts, I've heard going in, like, the hundreds of dollars. Yeah. My cut for my long hair, it's, like, up in a... I got the man bun right now because it's, like, I got the headphones on. It's a whole thing. I don't want my <laughs> neck to be hot. But for this long hair and, and a glass of whiskey, 26 bucks. A glass Man. of whiskey? <laughs> they give me wh yeah. You, you go in. They're like, "Would you like whiskey or or beer?" And I say, "Give me give me a a, dra a glass of whiskey, please." And wow. I drink the whiskey, and then I get the haircut. I do the it gets the straight. She does straight razor. Wow, it's a whole thing. I tell twenty eight bucks. Alec takes care of me. Man, living in Pittsburgh sounds nice. All right, all right, nice. dude. Enough, enough of the. the I think I think a glass of whiskey cost me twenty six dollars. And <laughs> okay, enough enough of the hair plugs right now. Okay, let's okay. Uh, okay. let's uh, let's jump on to. <laughs> no, uh, w one of the reasons why you know I uh, I really wanted to bring you on the show is because obviously during time this time of quarantine, you know, online tournaments have started becoming more of a thing. And uh, mm. one of the longest-running online tournaments is the Reddit Street Fighter tournaments that you guys have, that you've been running for a very... How many people are on your staff who help run this event? 
over, like, right now, that's a weird question to ask. Because when you say staff, uh-huh. there's there's no money involved. Because right, of it's, course. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. all volunteer work. And when I look and think about the whole, how long as we've been doing it, I only think about, like, the rollover of people who have, like, done a job for X amount of years and then left. Uh, but, like, to run an online tournament that we do and go through... I mean, now the entrants are up in the, the hundreds or so. Not hundreds, a hundred or so. Uh, there's really only a need for a TO that can run a bracket, a someone to run the stream and commentate, and then another commentator. It is easier <laughs> to do with more commentators because of the nature of online tournaments, yeah. but kind of getting ahead of myself there. But uh, shout-outs to Axio, who's currently our... Our, like resident like right now T.O. who runs the brackets he's been doing a great job at that but I call it, kind of also want to give a shout out to like the people who run so if people who are coming into this and have no idea what's going on uh, on Monday nights we actually run two tournaments uh, one for the East Coast double elimination and then there's another tournament that starts an hour later uh, that's a round robin so that's like for people who go 0-2 that just want to get more sets in mm. or just anyone who wants to come in and run sets because that's what you would do at a local. You don't just show up, compete, and leave. You would show up, compete, and then stick around and play more sets. So it makes sense to have two tournaments. So wait, and Ragmuffin's been doing work for that, and Shadow Ace has been providing commentary for that as well, and they've been doing a really good job of promoting that themselves, uh, which is just... I don't know. It's... it's but, like, they're also not the first people to handle that. So, like, I have to go back to, like, Slugbug or even uh, Nogaremi back in the day when he used to run it. Or, or uh, Vampire in a Box, for example. Like, he's even in the chat, I saw. So, it's like, <laughs> there's a ton of people who've done really good work over the years that, like, like I said, it's like an amorphous thing when you talk about staff. Uh, which but, is kind of the FGC in general, but I don't know. Okay. Actually, if you don't mind me asking here, so that means you're they run this little extra round robin while the tournament is still going almost to kind of simulate like people playing on the pool stations and stuff at events then, mm -hmm. right? Okay, okay, gotcha, mm -hmm. gotcha. That's awesome. That's just, that is cool. That's just, yeah, it is just like a fun, it becomes, there are more problems with growth, obviously, where if people are competing in the round robin and then also competing in the bracket, where does it, where do you <laughs> allocate time so that one does not hold up the other and then respect everybody's time because the element that you don't get when you're doing an online tournament as a player that you would get if you were at a local is the stuff to do in between. Mm -hmm. So like people who are waiting in winner's finals, they might sit if you're in grand finals, it, who knows how long losers' semis and losers' finals is going to take. You might be sitting for a while. So it's like, how do you respect everybody's time? Mm -hmm. Because they're just sitting at home. They're not talking to any... Well, I mean, they could be talking to people through, like, Discord or what have yeah, you. It's we, like why we try to simulate that with a round robin. Right. But getting people through as fast as possible because they are sitting at home alone by themselves in a room or... Uh, well, especially right now, uh, right now they're sitting at home alone. What people have done, which I think is really dope, and I would like to see other tournaments replicate this, is everybody going, going to a, 
like one location and then they stream like their side of things and there's maybe three or four people that are at that a location and they're like running set like it'd be like this is the ohio crew or whatever mm, and okay okay they're just running from multiple name like multiple accounts or whatever yeah but it's just like i don't know there's a part of me that that thinks that there's a I mean, if you want to talk about like online tournaments and specifically how they could be run, that's almost what Super League tried to do. Uh, mm-hmm. But if there were like actual resources and like people doing the work to get that out there, other than the people who set it up, as then I think there there's something to it. But that, that honestly, that I've really spun out of control here. There's all right, buddy. <laughs> how'd you get started in fighting games? A lot of spokes on that wheel, to be honest. <laughs> uh, I don't know. That's a that's a weird. So, how I got started in fighting games is not unrelated to having an interest in writing books and being mm. like. And mm. we can talk about Geef's Gym later. Which, okay. if, if anyone out there hasn't read that or knows what it is, it's a tutorial specifically built around Street Fighter Five, but can work with most most fighting games in the way that they they function uh to teach you like the basics of a fighting game which like through practical lessons but anyway i digress uh when i was growing up and i don't know if they had this in your school at the time uh book it was a thing do you remember book it no actually hey kids hey kids out there do you remember (laughs) book it uh it was this thing where you there would be like an approved reading list and you go to the list and it was like, if you read X amount of books, your teacher would give you stickers and then you would take that sticker stamp bookmark to a pizza hut and the pizza hut would give you a free personal pan pizza. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. 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 Yeah. You could read book. I know you could turn reading into pizza like magic. Wow. (laughs) Fucking incredible. Right. I know. That's like the dream transmutation. I know, right? That's like some weird alchemy that, mm-hmm. honestly, scientists have not perfected no. yet. And like, <laughs> I had it as a child, so come on, scientists, where are we at? Mm-hmm. But you could turn reading into pizza, but specifically, at the Pizza Hut that was closest to where I lived growing up, uh, they had a Sam Show 2 cab. Mm. And a part of me was like, yo, I'm going to save all my lunch money. Uh, I'm going to read all these books. My mom's going to take me to Pizza Hut. I'm going to play that same show, too, mm. and I'm going to get in on this. And that's, like, that's where, like, I got hit by the bug. Like, you, okay. I don't know if that's, if you have a moment in your history where you can yeah. remember, like, oh, I saw this thing about fighting games, and I was like, I need to, I need to know more about this. Uh, that's when it hit me. And then, so, like, all, all of that time together of, like, did I plan on publishing an actual book off of all of these lessons? No, not really, but it's a fun little story to wrap things around of like book it led to Sam show led to yeah. fighting games. Basically you're playing fighting games because you were such a genius is what I'm is what I'm getting. Obviously. I read a lot of Encyclopedia Brown and Oh Encyclopedia Brown Dude, mm-hmm. is there like a collection of Encyclopedia Brown out there? Because I've always wanted to get one. I read that so yeah, much. It's called the Encyclopedia Brown. <laughs> yeah, you could just like 
get them. I don't know what to tell you, James. Like I looked out, I looked them up on Amazon. I could never find like a like a collection, like a nice collection. I wanted to gift it to my nephews, you know. <laughs> oh yeah, I suppose you're right. Like there's probably like Hardy Boys collections or like Goosebumps yeah. collections. There definitely are. So yeah. I don't I don't know if the same could be said for Encyclopedia Brown, but that that was like some next level reading shit. Oh, yeah. And like as a second grader, I was always like, these myst I can't solve these mysteries. Mm -hmm. The egg was hard boiled. What the fuck? <laughs> uh, they they actually inspired anyway. me so much that I wrote my own Encyclopedia Browns when I was a kid. Like I always tried to Wait a minute. <laughs> James wow. Chen, there's an there's a documents fanfic Encyclopedia Brown folder. <laughs> I I really I mean I would just it wouldn't be necessarily be the, those characters but it would be the same thing that you're trying to solve the mystery based off of looking through the clues and stuff James, you know James I used to do that all well, the time oh man I miss that so much but when when it comes to you getting involved in the more competitive side you know in the in the FGC more proper how, how did that happen that really didn't start until Street Fighter 4 I feel like a lot of people that's yeah. mostly their story how that yeah there was that renaissance of fighting games where things are coming back I wasn't away from fighting games entirely but I wasn't in the community I wasn't in the scene of course uh, like that's why like I have I have fond memories of Bo Rai Cho fuck off everybody <laughs> Bo Rai Cho is the best <laughs> uh, but things what exists like prior to Street Fighter 4 you know yeah. or like Guilty Gear and stuff like that before it became Okay. what it is today but man fucking strive looks so good this it's is an aside game. <laughs> dude strive faust it looks beautiful yeah we, it, we were saying last week that his two slash where he comes out of his own butt is one of the coolest normals in fighting game history it's yeah. it, it's just what they do with that character is just mind-blowing it's fantastic uh i see someone in the chat saying a choose your own adventure which an aside into Geef's Gym, which is the book, there's actually a choose-your-own-adventure, like, text adventure for Geef's Gym. I'll find the link eventually. It's out there. Uh, and you can, you can go through it anyway. So uh, how, did, how did it get from the point of you sort of getting involved in the community more in SF4 to being... Right. I mean, community obviously matters to you greatly. That's, I mean, presumably a big part of why you're doing the weeklies, why you're doing the podcast, why you do stuff on RSF itself. Like, how did that transition to, to major sort of community uh, pillar come in? Well, I mean, that, that started on our, what was RSF4, uh, which still exists in kind of a different form uh, right now. But it, everything that was made on RSF4 is still there. And what I was doing was writing character write-ups of in-depth, like, if you are at this range versus this character, these are their options which there wasn't a lot of writing or videos what described that particular... And there still, like, aren't today no. yeah. for a lot of fighting games, which for fighting games in general, that, like, specific spacing of where a character is deadly is, like, hyper-important that no one actually teaches about at the next <laughs> level, which if you're making content out there, maybe you should fucking write that shit down. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so I was doing that, and just I was doing it weekly because... Had a little extra time on the side where I could just do these write-ups, and then uh, the head moderator the, at the time, uh, Soul Synaptic Impact, was like, "Hey, do you want to be part of the team?" And I was like, "Sure, whatever." Not really knowing what that meant as a moderator. So, like, then from there, learned what it meant to be a moderator. Then there was the whole transition from RSF4 to R Street Fighter, mm -hmm. uh, the terrible release of uh, Street Fighter Five, which. Okay. 
saw a huge turnover of people that it was is sad honestly like it's it's a bummer when i think about like all of the people who were involved who have kind of gone by the wayside because right. of that terrible transition definitely uh but uh all said and done uh he handed me the keys and then uh, the team right now is is what it is. I kind of I kind of lead things up over there, but I, it's it's all ruled by we all talk about decisions as all the moderators over there. So okay. like anything that happens is like a a group dis- like we have discussions about all this stuff. There's any anytime anything comes up of like what, how should this be run or how should we deal with X or Y, it's always uh, through community. But I mean, that's kind of how I landed in this position. But in terms of running the online local, that actually started of just people wanting to run casuals. And it was like, okay, well, we ran one lobby, and a dude who went by the name of Taco ran the stream. And then it it came to a point where it was like, okay... There's too many people want to show up. Now, we, need, we actually needed to run two streams with two lobbies, and then that was too big because you could only have eight people in a lobby mm-hmm. in Street Fighter Four days. So then it was like, well, now we have more than 16 that want to play, so I guess we should just run tournaments now. And all kind of like snowballed from there, and that was about seven-ish years ago, and I, we haven't missed a week since, honestly. Do you Dude, know that, what the, the Chris... That's such a cool organic FGC story. I feel like... Uh... James and I have, like, the same stories, really. Like, I, I got started sort of breaking stuff down on Shoryuken in the early mm-hmm. 2000s. Uh, I did exactly what you were just talking about, where I would be like, here's what you should be doing. And then I would, like, look at videos and be like, if you look at, you know, minute three and this player makes this choice, here's why. Like, all this, that exact kind of breakdown. Uh, and James did that kind of thing on uh, all Game Talking. SSF2 <laughs> and Game Facts even before that, right? Yep. That's always my like my long running joke, which I don't know if I've told it to James out loud, but like anytime that anyone comes to our Street Fighter and is like, "What's the best way to learn Street Fighter 2 or any of like the older games?" I'm always like, "There's a ga- there's a James Chen game fact that you can find. That's where you're gonna find the information." <laughs> Seriously, go yeah. there. I, I used to use it too before I know I knew that it was pronounced uh, J Chen's or not yep. J C Hens. JC Henson. <laughs> JC Henson. Uh, we knew that back in the day. Dude, that's the uh, first thing that... I mean, it was like Saved by the Bell era. You have JC Slater. These are the only things that you can base it on. I mean, it's not like... even a joke. That's yeah. uh, Honestly, one of the first things Mike Ross ever said to me was that he thought I was JC Hensor. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that, that's, that really was not uncommon. Anyway, yeah. and then and well, then sort well, of the, the but, but, but the one thing I want to say though, the one thing that I want to interject though is that what's awesome about the way that this online tournament started is I feel like it started the same way that like almost every tournament started, right? I, I mean, going to have the same point, dude. Yep. Oh yeah, okay. Because when you yeah. talk to like Larry, you know, uh, Larry Scott Dixon, aka Shimblanca, who runs Final Round. Final round started as, hey, let's gather in our house and play casuals and stuff. Right, right. And it just grew into something bigger. CEO was kind of, a, you know, the one guy scammed the Florida scene. So he was like, okay, let's, I'll just run my own makeshift thing. It feels like this is where all the tournaments start from. So it feels like that this is just classic SF, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, FGC storyline here. Uh, yeah, like think about... Uh, Wednesday Night Fight starting up, right? It was in some dude's garage. Yeah. Eventually, Alex and the rest of the Level Up crew were like, oh, like, let's start streaming this. You know, the stream started out with 50 people watching. Like, there, w- at no point was there the thought that, you know, we're going to make, like, a regular weekly 
tournament that's gonna get a hundred people turning out to it. No, it just completely. Each step was its own new decision, and there was no like larger thinking until pretty far down the road. Yeah, and I feel right. like that's the story of the FGC in general, and probably many grassroots communities. But it sounds like it's the same for you. Yeah, I think the one, the one thing that differentiates what we do from anything that actually is grassroots, like people actually putting in the work with their communities and the people that surround them, is that. Uh, it is always well a couple of things. There's one that there's always a rotating cast of people because it's online and like who who can say who's going to be around for X amount of time. But mm -hmm. then yeah. the other issue is that being affiliate, which I thought about before, is that being affiliated with Reddit actually kind of shoots shoots ourselves in the foot in that like, from a legal standpoint mm. we can't really commodify what we do. Or like sell it to anything else because we are technically tied to Reddit. Got it. You gotta get a lawyer. You gotta consult a lawyer about that one, buddy. I know, like I know this is like, but right. at the same David, time, David, just being like, well, can can you recommend a lawyer? Not, is there a lawyer that we know that might be able to help them? Does anybody in the chat right, know of any lawyers it, out there? If you were to just call well, RSF, you're fine. <laughs> well, that 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 is. That is one of yeah. We could do that. We could. Definitely I know I'm pointing this way, even <laughs> though you're on this side. But like, but yeah, it's uh, yes, we could do that. <laughs> but at the same time, we would have to also change like a whole bunch of other stuff. And then, well, that's the other thing is that I wasn't around during the creation of any of the social media stuff. I I only inherited that stuff later on. Mm -hmm. So like, none of the names are the same. And it's like Reddit fighting is the name of the Twitch channel. Right. Well, fuck. <laughs> uh, and Reddit SF is the name of the Twitter account. So it's like, well, ah, uh, fuck. There's no solidarity, and Reddit is right there in the name. So it's like... All right, all right. I know. Like, but I didn't come to this until much later, so I'm like having to solve problems that are us growing out of our own pants here. Honestly. Totally. Look, I mean, I, I've been there. I know James has been there. Basically, the whole FGC has been there, right? Mm -hmm. You're not planning stuff things happen yeah. and then it's bigger than you expected and now you're like whoa look at this weird situation i find myself in so i definitely understand that um but at the same time there's there's a part of me that kind of likes the the have like not being i don't know just being fast and loose with it like because we don't have like there's no money involved well mm, there kind of is money involved now but that's just like through people that are trying to have fun with it which has been mm. the most fun to me when people like for example uh recently uh rushdown uh v2 i don't know if you've talked about rushdown at all or his no. uh, I, I know his him. I, watch, with, I watch it yeah with, with robert television and and that <laughs> yep. whole <laughs> that whole situation uh, which is like a fun, that's a fun like little beef, right? Mm -hmm. uh, he's been like quote unquote investing in that tournament. He's been putting up pop bonuses just like out of pocket. And I think that shit's cool. Or like Chibi got us the other weekend mm -hmm. was like, here we go. Uh, here's, here's a cool hundo for the pot. And no Grammy threw in like three hundo, whatever. And it's like out of nowhere of just people wanting the thing that they were a part of to be bigger is like, I don't know. I'm, kind of humbled and at awe that people want to grow that thing but yeah anyway no for sure i digress put us back on the rails that all makes sense to me so you're running this online thing you've been doing it for a while 
even back in, you know, SF4 had not fantastic online, SF5's online has never been great, uh, at least not legally, and now it's been changed, and it's, you know, maybe better on PC. But throughout all that time you've been running online events, what do you, I mean, that sort of implies to me a feeling about the online event that maybe doesn't take the uh, net code into account. What, what do you think about just the, vi the viability, the importance of, of the idea of an online tournament? The thing that bums me out about online tournaments is that from everyone involved, from the, well, maybe not everybody involved, but for the corporations involved that make the games, from the and historically the players who have competed in online tournaments and the corporations who run like official online tournaments, aka like online ranking events, uh, maybe you should put a little more res resources into running an online ranking event to make it a good experience for people so that mm -hmm. when they would come back and actually want to fucking compete in your goddamn tournament, uh, and also make a netcode that supports that. I don't know. Maybe this is true for every fighting game right now uh, that's trying to run a fucking like global fucking okay i'm sorry no it's All okay right, it's on. okay let it out let it out <laughs> i just Wait, get a little heated I because i it's one of those things where i can see the path right is if the online was the online is even for fuck it dude even back in street fighter 4 like running lobbies the way we did with multiple commentators where there was no way to drop down to the back of the queue no way to set it up best two out of three all that stuff. We were we were running even back in the day. We were running an East Coast tournament, and then immediately following that, I would stream a West Coast tournament. I would <laughs> end it and then start another tournament. And I think back to like young Joe, and I'm like, "How did you have the energy? What a fool! <laughs> what, what a fool you were! Yeah, <laughs> what a foolish human being!" Uh, but yeah, like we might look at that online experience with rose tinted glasses, but like that shit ain't it. It's not definitely. But I mean, it's not. It's better now. I uh, mean, speaking outside of even just the the netcode issue in general. Obviously, if we want to go back to netcode, because that's a huge topic, and we should talk yeah. about it and yell about it a lot more. But you know, obviously, what our the, the Reddit Street Fighter tournament has been doing is has really been you know creating a new generation of players, right? Like uh, uh, Mike Too Strong, right? I mean. He, him rush down even himself and you know all these players are really starting to step up and 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 i feel like we're you're you're helping cre create a whole new generation of you know strong tournament goers because these guys have gone to offline events and done well and such so right. you know as a person you know obviously the fighting game community is so full of people going online doesn't count Online, I mean, that's the Rushdown Rob TV beef right there, all in a nutshell, right? But for you, for you who has been running these tournaments for so long, does that change your perspective on that? Do you feel like that means then that online, even with subpar netcode, is still good enough to, to generate this, you know, new breed of players out there? So a couple things before I answer the question is to... One, recognize the communities that those players come from. Mm -hmm. Like like all of the like Mike Too Strong, you could like the Michigan community or right. like Neon Georgia, Rush Down, mm -hmm. the Florida community, like all of those communities are fantastic. And I wanna give like them props, but in addition to that, what they've used the online tournament for is basically really good 
pool practice. Because <laughs> uh, when you go to a large tournament and you are, you're against who knows, like who knows what's coming at you. It might be someone who knows what they're doing. It might be someone who doesn't know what they're doing. Yeah. And like being able to quickly read your opponent and learn a matchup and play the character first and then start to like if you try to make it far in a tournament you have to first play the character yes to then understand if they're actually playing the mental game of are they trying to play the player and then you like just for like the longevity of being a solid tournament performer uh, and a lot of players have utilized the our weekly of gaining matchup experience and gaining just like tournament experience in general of and I've heard people say that to me, like, oh, this is a great practice for this, and I've become more confident and better at making it out of pools or what have you, or just learning matchups, because, like, where are you going to find a very strong Falk? Mm -hmm. There's only a couple in the country. <laughs> Maybe you should play them online and figure that out. The other bonus to this is that you know that if there's a strong player, like, if you don't play a good Zangief, Mike's in the Discord. You can just hit him up, yeah. and anytime you have... You have his like quote unquote contact info, so you can find him and run sets anytime. By the way, by the way, player... to interrupt you, what is the Discord so people in the chat know? Uh, I actually don't know the fucking name of it. It's just called the <laughs> online local. <laughs> yeah, I mean you gotta you gotta have a an invitation to it, which we'll definitely put in the chat. Yeah, there's okay. like a there's a short link to it, which just go to, I'll... Just go to the front page of the Reddit, right? Okay. It's there okay. somewhere. Like it is. You, that's right. There's a whole bunch of information on the front page of our Street Fighter, which like, I don't know. That's a whole. Other that's how I found it. it was uh, was on Reddit.com/r/streetfighter. Right. Yeah. It it's I'm posted in right a bunch now. of places. I'm heading there right now, and I'll I'll put it in the chat. So go ahead and keep going, and I'll get it in there. Okay. Uh, but anyway, uh, from what I've heard from a lot of people is that it's just. It's good tournament experience. But something else yeah. that I want to pull out is that, man, I'm, I am still mad. I'm, just, I'm not over it yet. I was heated a little bit, but the fire is still, I've still got some embers inside of me. I got to get out here. Okay. Is that the, the non-committal from the companies who want to run mm -hmm. these global tournament series, who want to have online events and do, and have no support for them, because the way that I think about it, is think about the amount of money and resources that they would put towards a ranking event. Let's go back to like 2019 where there were ranking events and we were going outside. Think about the money that was involved and just like the number of people that are involved to make that show go for just a CPT event. Think about that for a ranking event. Now move that to an online event. How many resources were they actually applying to that? How much money were they throwing at those events versus a live ranking event are they similar like not at all like well i can tell you the in general the publishers have almost no resources tied up in the ranking events itself i mean sometimes they give pop bonuses but it's very small i know otherwise. but i'm just even so i'm thinking but even the people who run it right the that's people who run I'm, it put in a lot of work, of course. Exactly. That's that's really what I'm I'm getting at here. Of thinking of what they put towards it, yeah. right? You almost have to put a similar amount. I mean, not obviously because there's no like physical venue that you need to pay X amount of money yeah. to for whatever. Uh, 
the money goes different places, but you have to think about the resources in the same way of how many people do you have on staff? Like how much effort is going towards how much pre-planning do you have to? Because you have to do way more pre-planning in an online tournament than you have to do for a live event. Uh, and considering making that experience, no, like, it's fucking crazy to me that in the year of our Lord, 2020, it doesn't seem like any corporation who's running, any any publisher who's making a game who wants to run a global tournament has thought about what makes a good player experience for an online tournament. In, like, like Overwatch, ex like, so many other games yeah. exist that have <laughs> these, like, online events that's like, all of this, ex you could model that shit after all of that. Even though, yeah, I mean, it might not apply one for one to the FGC, but at the same time, like, it's fucking. I'm sorry. I'm my blood. My blood. My blood pressure's up. How's that whiskey <laughs> doing? It's nearly gone. I need. Yeah, mine's already gone. <laughs> I'm done. Because because that's the thing though is that it is it's just a huge bummer because then that that non-committal from from that level then creates a top player who have influence like people who would compete in these things be like i just lagged out fuck it fuck this tournament Definitely. fuck all this shit yeah. which happened all the fucking time mm -hmm. and then th that influence then spreads down to the people who are like who would follow someone who has that kind of influence and then just be like well i guess then all of this shit sucks and why would i right. put any effort or any why would I put any belief into an online tournament because fuck it, it's online, where actually there's so many more benefits that just, <laughs> no one's like, I feel like no one's had a good time except for when they come to our tournament experience and have a good time, and then I, I, I can only remember three times in our history where people have said to us, this was bad about your tournament I did not have a good time, <laughs> and we have changed like the way that we run things to make it a better experience for the players mm -hmm. and it, as long as you have that player focus in mind Everybody has a good time, even though it's online, even though there's lag, yeah. even though, like, yeah. there's bad connections. That shit doesn't matter when you can just have fun playing a fucking fighting game online every week. You know, like, I can't. Yeah, I, but I feel like the people who play in an online tournament are, I mean, obviously, they are self-selecting, right? So True. the people who go there, I think, are probably more likely to be willing to accept the problems that come with that. Mm-hmm. But I think you're absolutely right that there are big benefits. So I've been playing an online locals, right, since uh, since we've all had to <laughs> hide inside, both in Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat. And it's true. I mean, I have had nerves online. Like, I, yeah. I've been sitting at this very, well, my home chair back at home, not here, back at home. Right, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, I've been <laughs> sitting lot. <laughs> and I feel nervous. Because, like, I was on the stream that Mr. Aquaman was running when I was doing, uh, when I was in the Coliseum, the Mortal Kombat Weekly that he does. Yeah. And I was nervous when I was uh, playing in the Valley Combat little online local that, like, I helped even do. I was streaming it on this channel, and I was nervous. And I was uh, nervous when there was no stream, and I was playing against people on in the, uh, uh, the 818 local for Street Fighter. That sounds so bizarre, right? Like because I'm literally in my home, but it actually is true that there's still the idea of knowing that you're in a tournament mm -hmm. makes you approach it differently, and it that can different. be good, but could, it can also cause nerves. So oh, yeah. it, this is, I think, an important way to figure out how to get over the nerves problem 
that can yeah. still be applicable when you go to offline tournament. But I mean, absolutely. On, on top of all of this, though, I mean, Joe, I mean, you are so preaching to something that I've been talking about a long time is, you know, is you gotta make this online experience fun. Because honestly, and I've said this for a while now, I really honestly think fighting game online experience is one of the most masochistic, miserable experiences of all online gaming. I mean, you go there and all you do is watch your points drop and get yourself and lose the people and you imagine the person on the other side is laughing at you because they probably teabagged you or maybe they are laughing at you because you're playing Keats and he admitted that he did that last week. Um, but, you know, it's, that's just the thing, you know. And it's why, to be honest, I actually kind of appreciate that, that you know, Guilty Gear is trying to do something different with their lobby system and stuff. But obviously they did it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> but that's another right. story. But, you know, that, this experience that we have for online needs to be made into something a lot more enjoyable. Because right now all you do is go online, lose get salty, watch your points drop constantly, and there needs to be some alternate form of constant progress that you can feel or you can see and and, and just something that's more community-oriented, you know, that you can become better friends with other people and, you know... Yeah, and, and that, that's kind of like the ongoing conversation of... It, this also kind of gets me upset whenever I think about other games that reward failure. Uh and then say out loud, fighting games need to reward failure in some way. If not, mm -hmm. but when I say reward, I'm not talking about like, oh, it gives you something. But like, at least try to tell you how you lost. Something that you can <laughs> take away that is like, oh, this something inside of me has improved. Versus when you go online in that experience, you get teabagged. You have no idea why you lost because you just picked up this fighting game. You have no idea about frame data. Like all of this stuff is well over the head of anyone mm -hmm. who's just trying to enjoy themselves with it, with the X new fighting game. And, and it's all lost. But important to that, uh, fighting games, you need to have that player to player communication be it through the game or through play in some way it's it's too important to the genre to dismiss at this point that's why like we've always we've talked about for a while at least in terms of what we would want in in like a tra like an online training right which yeah. still doesn't exist anyway uh it would be like an like a sherpa mode right where you have someone, say, go into an online training session with you and be able to talk to you. And let's say they, it's like a half hour they spend with a new player. And then they get like, I don't know, 500 fight money or whatever. Just some kind of reward for doing something to help someone else improve. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's like incentivizing those kinds of things to then make it, one, player to player. They get invested. They get invested in that like personal connection that is like so important to fighting games and then they can improve every i don't know that's a win-win for everybody but again that's an entirely different conversation and, and you know i mean interesting enough like i feel like you should like reward people even if they lose but obviously not something that like is ranking points but you know for for but james that's soft that you're making the fgc soft <laughs> 
You no, know, here's the thing. I, Fuck like, everybody like costumes, else saying that. Like, we're losing players to, to games that reward that shit. Right. And they go to, why would I put any fucking time into this shit that is not <laughs> rewarding, is only painful, is a dirge of an experience because <laughs> the online sucks ass. Instead, and when I could just go play Fortnite and then just enjoy myself, right? right. How, like, why wouldn't I just go do that? I and get exactly. Time and again, I, like it hits that button. I get that drip yeah. every now and again. I don't get that chip in fighting games because nope. I have no fucking clue what I'm doing because there's no feedback from the screen. Yep. I have to go to fucking R Street Fighter or Sure You Can or Game Facts to learn how to fucking play your game, and I just fucking. I'm sorry. Again, I apologize. <laughs> Is that what, what too are you? I don't know if it got caught on the screen. Are you wielding a <laughs> knife? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Sometimes you I just watch it, it comes out. There's <laughs> a watch the stream more. <laughs> knife, the knife does come out sometimes. The knife, <sighs> honestly, I didn't cognizantly even think about that. It was just in arm's reach and it just it came out. <laughs> it's not, like, I don't know if you're like someone who needs to like mull around with something. Like in your just like stay busy with your hands. That's kind of yeah. There's just happens to be a knife in front of me, and there just happens to be some people what need cut, and mm. that's just you know, this what happens. Sorry. <laughs> My version of that is is this little hand putty, but you know I guess some people use switchblades. <laughs> it's a little bit safer. It's, it's a, a little, little safer. bit safer. <laughs> oh boy. Oh man. Well, um. Uh, David, did you have any uh, any questions specifically uh, that we haven't gotten to yet? Uh, I'm yeah. sorry, I've kind of digressed. I've I've gone off script, and no, no. I mean, we could talk about how to go into like how to run an online tournament. Have we talked about that? Have we hit that? Have we hit? Not your... yet. We haven't but... talked about that. So I, I, before before we do do that though, I'd like to ask about what you think about so many people starting online tournaments now. I almost feel like there's a glut. Yes. Like there's like mm -hmm. so many that right. as a player, you're like, well, I can't enter all of these. Which ones do I enter? You know, is there, is there maybe only so many people who would do it? And so now the like market, obviously there's not money, but like the market for this is going to get uh, just washed over. And, do you think that there's a maybe potential negative effects? So just generally, what do you think about people starting so many online tournaments? Here's the long run of it, is that, or at least here's my, what I'm looking at and what I can see, is that locals have transitioned to running online events. Mm -hmm. Some locals have, not all. Yeah. Uh, and I think that is important for those communities to stay knit together. Now, that creates... Uh, a bond between those people more than just meeting up within a week. Now there's like a place where you can go online to have conversations, uh, what have you. Now, after all of this is over, that's still going to exist somewhere. Will someone pick up the slack and say, hey, all of those communities, what met here, or let's just say like Pittsburgh or in Ohio, Will we have like a, a connection between those two? Let's branch out a little bit. Can we have that interconnectivity of like New York versus Ohio or like Florida versus Georgia, right? Like can 
can it be regionalized in that way? But that's a much further view of okay. which people are starting to branch into now. What I've seen with like NLBC, for example, of starting very small in within their community with online events, and then just now starting to spread out to kind of test the waters right. of how far can we reach uh, via lag and still make it a uh, a good tournament experience for everybody involved. Uh, but at the same time. I think it's cool that people are doing it. And to me, I don't know. I liken it to, you know, after you've played a fighting game for so long that you just kind of know what you're doing, but you think it, it's like kind of hard to describe. When you start thinking about what you are actually doing in the fight or the decisions that you make, it's hard to describe to other people what you are doing. Mm -hmm. Maybe not to you guys because you've taken like a a scholarly approach to teaching other players how to play. But I have seen this in other players. Like don't fucking trust a top player in like trying to teach a, a beginner how to play yeah. a fighting game. Absolutely. Uh -huh. that, yeah. They're just not going to know it. if no. it's, there are different connections being it's made. It's too but... inside their brain. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it's yeah. somewhere too exactly. deep and exactly. so they like can't access it as well as i think it's, people who have like had to like force themselves to learn it people people yeah, on my stream i have heard this a lot i call it the genius professor syndrome you know you just have that professor <laughs> it, in college who's like well it's this because obviously and you're like what you know <laughs> yeah, skip a few steps in the math problem yeah for sure yeah i'm, I'm gonna go the other direction that uh, just say it's the idiot savant uh, the approach to I think this uh, might be the same thing yeah. <laughs> because yeah. I it, it is harder for me now to th which I've just started thinking about because there needs to be information out there of we've been running online tournaments for so long that they basically run themselves like it is I do it I'm literally driving drunk behind the stream of every single tournament yeah. and having fun and like having a good time and trusting that things will go well because we have so many things already set up on the back mm -hmm. end that I can trust that things will move forward in a way that I have educated the players enough and even new players. That's the thing of having like having the wheels set up early on in the sign up phase of forcing people to, well, at least to like applying checkboxes of like, have you rather like having the rules there to, arm the players with enough information to answer the questions themselves, even they, and then knowing that they're not going to fucking read the rules and then knowing how to respond. Oh, it, it's here in the rule. Like we have <laughs> planned for all of this. Don't worry. You don't need to worry, even though the information is available. That's fine. What I see now is a lot of what we used to worry about is, I don't know. When we started running tournaments, I would get so mad for being like, <laughs> Why wouldn't you read the rules? How it's right there. How could you not? It's it's right fucking it's da, 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 right on the read the fucking line. But then realizing, oh no, nobody's ever done that ever for any tournament. Yeah. Which like it makes it like super funny to me to even like going back to uh, like Capcom running online events, like training stage was banned for until like last year yep. on online tournaments from a technical standpoint you could point at the rules and say that this stage is banned mm -hmm. but no one ever read the fucking rules until 2019 which is wild to me anyway you can't ever assume that so you have to prepare your tournament in a way to assume that nobody nobody knows what the fuck they're doing so you have to 
kind of soften all the edges and make it easy for players to find out where they need to be, find out where they need to go, and how to do that, and make it as easy as possible for them so that they have a good time. Like, me yelling at them for not knowing the rules, it's not a good time. So, like, that's the antithesis of why we would even run an event in the first place. Like, if you showed up at a local and the TO came by and was like, hey, you, asshole, why are you not sitting in the seat playing your match right now? That's a bad experience. Who would want to do that? So why would you do that in an online sense? So you just have to kind of roll with it and make sure that the players know where they need to go, know how to compete, and just all that stuff. But yeah. uh, just said, like, having, having said that, like trying to tutorialize that to people who are just starting to try to run their own tournaments has been I just like to think of well you would also need to do this you'd also have to have this set up and then I don't know that's a yeah. that's another branch of this conversation <laughs> yeah. just so people are aware out there uh, if you do go to reddit.com slash r slash street fighter uh, and the, on the homepage the, at the top, there is a link for resources up there. If you click on that, one of the things that's at the very bottom of the, of the section called School of Business is the Beginner's Guide to run, Running an Online Tournament, which you wrote, uh, to help people run these tournaments. And uh, I mentioned that so people can go and check that out, but also because of the fact that my favorite line in there really is just expect no one to have read the rules you, know? <laughs> <laughs> you have to expect it because it, yeah. it and you can't be mad at it like it we've done this for so long and had so like so many people come in and like literally thousands of players rotate in and out of what we've done over the year of the last like seven years or so we're like this is not gonna happen you have to be okay with it and you can't Take like that can't hurt your ego of because I've seen that and I've been that guy of like fucking not read why wouldn't you do that you want to be part of this no like yeah. no it's you can't have it's, it's the same way for offline part. tournaments there's nobody who's ever read the terms of service nobody's ever read no. the privacy <laughs> policy I write no. those things for a living and <laughs> I'm aware that the only person who's ever seen that. This is me and the client that I give it to. Like, I know. <laughs> yep. That's just like whenever, like, if, for example, you run into, like, the um, fucking, uh, why am I blanking on the name of it? Uh, the SFL, right? And then mm -hmm. you look at the, the qualifier rules of, like, you can't stream oh. your side of the bracket. It's like, well... Obviously, that hurts players, but no, but like it's, I don't know. Yeah, they, nobody read that. Say, I didn't know that until right no. now. No, nope. All, all of and that yeah, is it's true. <laughs> uh, Dream Eater in the chat says, and only half the clients read that. I think that's optimistic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is honestly. Policy that's you probably know, optimistic. I'll, I'll tell you this right now the biggest advantage of having a lawyer as your commentary partner, I mean, there's an advantage and a disadvantage. One, an advantage, I don't have to read any contracts. <laughs> I just mm -hmm. asked David, is this good? Two, the bad part is, I mean, David could have, you know, and maybe he has, but he could have screwed me over so many times already. <laughs> That's right. My grand plan was to get involved in the fighting game community, exactly. rich as can be. <laughs> And to make sure that all of the money that's coming through 
twitch.tv slash TV ends up in my pockets. Exactly. Yeah, the financial boon of the fighting game <laughs> exactly. esports is coming your way, especially exactly. during... It, it is... It's bonkers to me that in this time of financial crisis that esports has been shaken to its core. It's just... It's such a stable... It's such a stable economy. I saw I've you never... tweet that. I saw you tweet that, and I was like, yeah... <laughs> Yeah, can you imagine that the investors who invested hundreds of millions of dollars in Overwatch League without ever having seen a video game before would get fleeced? <laughs> that their biggest star just left to go to Valorant? Yeah, that's just, anyway. Oh, my God. Oh, beans. Oh, how, how could we have avoided this? <laughs> if only. All right. Man. All right. Uh, but, but, yeah, you bring up the... I will say that James did bring up a good point of sending people to the... The, the R Street Fighter School of Business, which I think is a funny name to call a thing. Uh, there's just a lot of information there. Yeah. Things that you might not think of as yeah. a player. Like, well, just to give people uh, even if you're idea. running an event, there's a good way to set up like a pitch deck to potential sponsors. Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe now, maybe not now. I don't know. I don't know how to fucking advise people <laughs> right now. Of yeah. what, like just, how to just, go after yeah, money. Advertising is a little down right now. Just but so people can see this right now. Uh, just so they know the the, the School of Business. Player seeking sponsorship resume, event organizer seeking event funding, keeping track of locals on a global scale with the LFN, utilizing RSF to promote your local, and of course the beginner's guide to running the online tournament as well. So mm. there you go. I think I might have another one coming soon of how to stream. Because I feel like a lot of people think that it takes like a lot to put on a good stream, but really mm. A lot of the time when they think that, they're thinking how do they make it about themselves versus how do they make a good event for everybody to enjoy, right. which mm. are different things. Like, that's a different type of enjoyment, like, and a different type of, like, building your stream versus building your community are, are kind of different things. Uh, and how to build one versus not neglecting the other is, mm. is kind of important. That I think a lot of people overlook, especially when they're looking at online tournaments, where, it, in my opinion, it just needs to be so player-forward that it can't be about anything other than the players, because that's what they are there for. Uh, so why wouldn't we highlight what they do? It's, it's incredible that the amount of people that come out week to week uh, spend four-ish hours in a free-to-enter tournament that doesn't often have a prize pool to just compete and play games and have a good time doing it and like actually do some pretty hot shit that is impressive that is worth highlighting and it, it's fun to highlight that and fun to share that among people who enjoy if I could. Speak, speaking yeah. of hot shit that people enjoy and can highlight and stuff like that there was one question that's completely off topic that I just kind of wanted to ask you about and uh -oh. I think it was you who did it but were you the one that hit Mike Too Strong with the stand light kick into the super? And uh... <laughs> <laughs> okay, there's some there's there's a story behind that because uh, I had seen him do that in yes. our tournament, mm -hmm. and I see I'm a Zangief main, okay, yes. and Mike reasonably wanting to do better in tournaments has picked up Karen. Uh, Maybe not the. I, don't know, I think Karen's still okay in this season. Uh, definitely yeah. a, a good side pick to Zangief. Mm -hmm. uh, but 
he, he was playing Karen. This is the pre-tournament, which is really like the only time that I get to play fighting games. So I don't really play fighting games a whole lot. I just do community management, which mm -hmm. takes way more time than actually playing games. Uh, kind of like a, a joke we were talking about earlier is that if you want to, <laughs> when people think that you are involved in video games, it does not actually mean playing video games. <laughs> yep. It's like right, the yeah. furthest, like I barely do. Anyway. I had never, I've seen Mike do this of, you whiff the, the crouching medium punch, you buffer a 360, you do a stand light kick, you buffer another 360, and then you confirm off of that into super. And everyone blows, it blows their lid whenever yep. that happens. It's mm -hmm. like, oh shit, he's done this amazing thing and do right. a stand, which is like a cool thing to do, but me, who doesn't practice and, and thought i'll just try this thing <laughs> like a never never having practiced it and then doing it to his karen which i think he should play zangief it's just <laughs> it's so sweet to me just to, yeah. to eventually losing the round but at the same time hitting it <laughs> the rest which of the round is didn't even happen. it doesn't matter it's it doesn't matter. I'll say I this to you the, the hot shit that people blow up for, and it's like, nah, fuck you. I don't even play this game. I don't even play this game, and I hit you with your own shit? Are you <laughs> kidding me? Someone in the chat asked, is there a clip? And I will say, yes, there is. And if you do, put on headphones to make sure that there is no one around you with sensitive ears. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's true. Someone will find it. Oh, it's, it's there in the chat. Someone put it in there. It exists. <laughs> Uh, it's one of my. It's. Uh, I mean, it's one of uh, like my favorite clips that that's come out. Uh, you know, from from all the stuff that you guys do because I mean that is that is like one of the pop offs of the uh, of century there. So, <laughs> but th that's the other part about it is that because we run this event and even though it's online and even though I've only met Mike in person a, a very few times, like. I still like care about all these people. When oh, yeah. I see their names show up in the bracket time and again, I'm like, oh damn, it's it's cool to see these players even like go further in the bracket. I'm like, damn, Lizardman got top eight. How the fuck did we allow this Rashid to get top eight? That's bananas. Mm -hmm. <laughs> who who could have allowed this? But like, it's I don't know. It's no, it, it's, can... it's cool. I mean, like you you're saying before, locals are starting to do this. Yeah, I mean, my Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter locals are both doing it. In fact, the Mortal Kombat one's going on right now. And the Street Fighter mm -hmm. one's going on later tonight. And it's, you know, you, you do get to know the people involved. Uh, I mean, I had met them before because of offline play. But now, uh, you know, since we have Discord servers set up at this point, we're able to more often talk with each other. We can ask for games more easily than waiting once per week. Right now, we can just do it anytime on, on, online. Uh, it's a bummer that we can't meet up offline. But mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, we're we're building new and better relationships uh, mm -hmm. just for having these online events. Yeah, the thing going back to teaching people how to run online tournaments is that the infrastructure is all here to do it, to have these kinds of connections, these positive connections through fighting games. It's all there. It's just a matter of of doing it and being involved. And the more you get involved, the more it's. That's what fighting games are, man. It's just you build those connections. All good stuff. Sounds good, dude. Even uh, if I there... lose the round, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Dude, and you know, it's funny because I tell people this kind of thing about fighting games, right? It's about having those moments. Even though you lose that round, you will have that for the rest of your life. 
and you will lord that over Mike Too Strong for the rest of his life. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that is where the joy of fighting games comes in. And honestly, I feel like that is something that's missing in a lot of modern fighting games. I've, I've been talking about this a lot, but that's a perfect highlight of it right there. It's like you 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 could have lost like in a first to ten set, but if you landed that on Mike Too Strong <laughs> because that's his specialty you will be able to lord that over him for the rest of your life. <laughs> well, exa- I mean, that's... I mean, the classic example of that, that's the Daigo Perry. Daigo didn't win that tournament. Yep. Yeah. Second it, place. It didn't, what a scrub. It didn't but, matter. You know. <laughs> right? But I, that's... Oh, dang, that's like... Hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's kind of... A, that's a good avenue to... to think about yep. when... Oh, man. I don't know. Ah, sorry. Yeah, I digress. Well, you know. Well, anything else you want to plug or mention or otherwise chat about? Uh, nah, follow our stream at www.fuckdelaware.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where you can find the official R Street Fighter <laughs> tournament. I'm not laughing. I think that's serious, right? Yeah. That's 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 not a joke, not a by joke. the way. You can go to www.fuckdelaware.com. I'm typing that in right uh, now, and if I get if my eyes melt, then you know. Nah, not a joke. It, that's you know we we pay for that UI. It's a whole thing. <laughs> uh, there it is. Reddit em. fighting. <laughs> Twitch. The, the funniest thing to me, and this is not a slight to. Anyone who might run that Twitter account, but having Capcom fighters retweet the www.fuckdelaware.com link is just <laughs> to me. That's that's a win. I, I can. It's okay. I made it. We made it, guys. <laughs> now <laughs> we one, can be done. W- one thing I do want to mention, though, is that you know I've seen High Fight talk about this. I've seen a lot of people talk about this. You know, obviously, you know, you guys have been running this for a very long time. Uh, the viewership is not necessarily as large as, you know, one would expect for something going on for this long, right? So, you know, this is just, you know, hopefully one of the things that I would like to do is to, to make sure that people are aware that this is going on so that they do watch it, so that you guys do get more viewers, so that people can see all these guys. I mean, I see Wolfgang in the chat. He plays in the tournament as well, right? He's been there, yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, the, whole, uh, the whole thing about that is that... I don't know. We've... And this is just me begrudgingly approaching this part of the conversation of... It's not about the viewers. It's not about mm-hmm. pumping our numbers up. Because we can't... We're, we're never in a position where we want to sell the product of an online tournament to anybody. Mm-hmm. It's, just, it's because it's always player-based. Which, we have a sub button, but all of that money used to go to <laughs> when we would run player sponsorships from, from oh, our right. Street Fighter, right? That was like our, our war chest that works different because of the way that Twitch payouts works. Like, it's it's kind of this lump sum of money mm-hmm. that can go towards a, a player sponsorship to make up for whatever difference. But in these times, we don't really know exactly what to do. I'm trying to use that money for good. Who can say? I might use it for bad, and, you know, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> uh, yeah. But... I mean, I guess I the that... reason why that I promote it is not even necessarily to be like, hey, you guys need to support these guys. You know, it's just, like you said, it's building a community. It's creating a fun environment. And yeah. 
the more people who watch it, eventually they may be tempted to try to enter it and they'll enjoy something as well. They'll have a good time with it as well. You know, it's just, it's such a great resource out there for people to play in. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I, I, I have thought about entering a bunch of times myself recently because I've been playing so much. Uh, I just kind of want to see how I do. But like David said, I'm terrified and I'm bad on stream. But, you know, we'll see. <laughs> Not what I said. Not what I said. <laughs> what I said is that I was nervous about it, but I did it. And right. I, yeah, it was yeah, helpful yeah. for me. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll, I'll have to... <laughs> I'm to be clear, you should do it. Twisting the words a little bit. I mean, I can yeah. barely win when I play on my own damn stream, okay? It's 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 scary. It is scary time. I mean, I have flow sin the floke syndrome, you know, where every, yeah. I would play at a Wednesday night fights, mm -hmm. I would win, 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 dominating, dominating, go on stream, lose, go on stream, lose. Okay, that's it, you know. But you know, I've definitely thought about maybe jumping in and uh and like finding like a uh, a, a, a smurf account or something so get people... a Heidi yeah come on yeah but the thing yeah. about it is you know you'll see a Lucia a funny name. On, you'll see yeah. a Lucia on stream and everybody be like oh that's James <laughs> come on I don't know there was we saw Lucia approach top 8 last week they, right. stranger things have happened <laughs> uh, you kind of bring up another thing earlier I'm sorry I'm, I'm kind of like going off on a, a sidetrack here are we good on time I don't know how much time we've allowed. Uh, yeah, let's wrap it up soon, but what do you got for me? It's just that in this time, uh, in this downtime of everybody being quarantined, is that we're finally getting back to player-to-player storylines that has been absent from a lot of yes. yeah, yeah. major online events, which mm -hmm. has... Because there were just, there's so many, it's hard to keep track of. There's multiple global events going on from week to week with with players who would travel globally so it wasn't like a, a, a traveling tour where it was like this week here this week there yeah. it's kind it was kind of hard to get a sense of who has a grudge who cares about what mm -hmm. and it was almost hard for those players to get that information out there of you know this i got bopped here but i'm coming for you next week like yeah. that didn't those storylines didn't really form in the last, uh, I don't know, however many years that they've been trying to, that we've seen money be pumped into the system that hasn't been player focused. But then you look at the Rob TV versus Rushdown thing, and it's like, that's super exciting. That's very compelling to watch, even if like parts of it may or may not be manufactured, of like, I'm not going like inside baseball here, or like, got to keep a kayfabe. But like, <laughs> you know, it's fun when people get, when players get angry Dude, at each other. I mean, even I, if it is in this like light situation of like pitting player versus player, and now is a time to start investing in that. So if you are trying to run an online tournament, think about how you want to pitch your event. Like, think about it in terms of boxing. Like, how do boxers promote each other, or how do they promote their event? Get a little blood out there. Put a little like hype reels you know make it happen between show someone getting dunked because someone getting dunked only sets up another person getting dunked later yep. in the future have mm -hmm. you never watched that like wrestling it's all i mean look you know. i i always right. i you know two two things one i've always told the story of west coast traveling to sensation when street fighter 4 first came out blowing mm -hmm. them all up setting them all up coming out to bar fights and blowing us all up over here 
which is what kind of created Wednesday Night Fights in the end, you know? I mean, like, when you think about something like that, and then I can't even remember the second thing I was going to say anymore, so... <laughs> Rivalries are pretty cool, and it's true yeah. that I think this is a good occasion to be able to highlight them a little bit more easily, because there are yeah. fewer things to talk about, right? It's... Oh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's the thing that I want to mention. As soon as I got wind of that Rob TV rushdown thing, you know, I, I can't even remember how I got wind of it. But, I mean, obviously, people were talking about it. It showed up on my timeline. And as soon as I saw that, you know, I commented right away. I was like, I love this. I love this because yeah. this is a genuine rivalry. You can tell they want to beat each other's asses. But they were still respecting each other as players and everything. You know, it was just, it was it was that rivalry, that kind of thing that is so valuable to a community. And... Yeah, as soon as I saw that, I remember it was happening during the Tuesday show, I think, last week. And I said, like, afterwards, you guys should go check it out and watch the VODs. Unfortunately, it didn't last very long. So, you know, (laughs) 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 kind of quit. Oh, Oh, shit. (laughs) All right, man. Well, look, uh, I guess that's about it. What what else do you want to say before you get out of here? Uh, All right. What kind of yeah, whiskey were you? Go, pl- go play Animal Crossing. I'm an Animal Crossing main now, so just check out my check out my village. It's dope as fuck. <laughs> Got a pentagram going. I I've increased the pentagrams in my village by 300 percent over the quarantine. So that's wow. I don't, I don't know. It's whatever. It's ain't shit. Ain't shit going on. <laughs> yeah, uh, I've been playing Doom. That was my choice of the games that came the out. The new that day. Doom or the older new Doom? 2016. Okay, that 2016 Doom is just super good. Oh, it is a I'm gratifying on like the fourth experience. Fourth or fifth replay now, and really good. So good. Everything about it, moment cool to moment, tricks. Mm-hmm. Just cool. the the movement, how the sound works with it, also. Yeah. Which is, uh, I don't know if you guys are talking about Ki today, but like, yeah. Uh, fucking what is his name? Um, that composer. Yes, saying that yeah. he wasn't going to work on fighting games anymore is like, oh right, right. Mick, Mick Gordon, someone says in Mick the chat. Gordon. Yes, yes, thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. No, the audio work in Killer Instinct is probably one of the best audio jobs of fighting Dude, games in the history. When you land a counterbreaker, like your bones know it. Yeah, you, know what I mean? like it's, you can feel it. It's Dude, so cool. I just love the way Spinal is just so crunchy when he moves. Like all the little mm-hmm. skeleton noise. Like the the, the 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 audio is so good in that game. I've been playing a lot of that game lately. All right. Anyway, that's it. <laughs> all right. All right. Get out of here. Thanks for hanging out, man. Much obliged. I know yeah, you. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Off. Thank you for having me on the show. Uh, I do have one last thing to say though. Is <laughs> Got him. My phone. It doesn't work anymore. And he broke it, his it phone. It won't. It won't air horn. <laughs> I ran out of air on my. I ran out of air in my <laughs> air horn. Man. I hacked your phone, phone from you. Tough. <laughs> ah, beans. All right. All right. I'm muting my break. mic. I'll see you guys later. Later, Thank buddy. you. Thank uh, you. Appreciate you coming on very much, sir. Thank you. Thank you very much. Definitely. Thanks, man. <laughs> we're gonna take a break. We'll be back with more in a bit. We're gonna talk about various five-five matchups. FGC discussion topics, both from us and from the viewers. All Be right. back in a bit. Be right back, guys. Now, find a new rival. Yeah, so just in case people aren't aware, 
that uh, the cat butts are on my channel, <laughs> are on my Twitch channel. They are the PG version of my infamous tweet of suck my nuts assholes. So I have uh, Sigma nuts, cat butts, Sigma nuts, cat butts here. That is the PG version of it. So if you guys want access to the Sigma nuts, cat butts, uh, which is the PG version because uh, I used to tell people who subscribe to my channel suck my nuts blah who subscribe and I actually got a YouTube comment asking that I would tone that down uh, So I came up with Sigma nuts cat butts for the PG version of it <laughs> And there you go uh, So if that is something that you'd like to access to um, one of the things that I did want to mention though, uh, I see a lot of people in the chat talking about bronze, you know, shout outs to bronze players, here's bronze players stand up and stuff. And, you know, uh, one of the reasons why I did want to bring Joe on to the chat and, you know, we didn't talk about starting our own tournaments or something is that, you know, David and I have talked about potentially running our own little tournaments and we kind of wanted to do beginners tournaments maybe specifically for bronze players, for bronze silver players, maybe even bronze silver and gold players to, you know, obviously someone can smurf in there if they want to. And if you really want to smurf into one of these online tournaments just to beat up on a bunch of bronze and silver players, you need to find something better to do, okay? But like to have a beginner tournament like this for players out there, is that something that people would like to see? Is that something that people would like to see? A, a tournament specifically designed for beginners, uh, for bronze. So in other words, if you enter and you're not, if you're above gold rank, if you're ultra gold or something like that, or above, we will ban you from the tournament essentially like that. Um, is that something that you guys would be interested in if David and I started running a beginner tournament? Yeah, so, um, yeah, and, and that's the other thing too, is that Dave and I would commentate it. Maybe at the end, whoever wins can then challenge me or David, and then we'll play them and try to, you know, give them advice or something like that. It's just something, you know, that we had thought about doing, and uh, if people are interested in that, uh, even in the chat below, let us know on YouTube and here in the chat right now. I'm sorry, in the comments on YouTube, but here in the chat, if it is something you guys are interested in, uh, tweet at us, DM either of us, let us know that this is something that you are absolutely interested in, and uh, we could do that. Cool, okay, okay. Yeah, because I used to do stuff like that. I used to run the, the Chenzor dojos where I'd have two people play each other, but honestly, I ended up way too long talking about, like, giving the advice was more of the show than anything else. So I would actually like to have something where more people can play. We can do both. I could do the Chenzor dojo and we could have uh, these online tournaments at the same time. So I think that would be kind of fun. Right, uh, maybe snowboarding bulldog, and that's the thing to find out, right? 
But that's the other thing too is that a lot of people who are bronze spend a lot of times trying to figure out how to improve and how to get better and it's one of the hardest things to do because there's not a lot of spaces out there where you feel like you can play against other players of your level and uh, go from there. So it's just one of those ideas out there for, for people. Yeah, rookie is default rank. Basically, we would just pick a maximum rank that you can be at and then go from there. Hey, you ready, James? Uh, yeah, but I'm now that you've sat back down, I'm trying to recapture you because uh, the window changes on Discord. So let me... Let me change that. Let me tweak this a little bit. And of course, when I say at the end, then users can challenge one of us, they probably mostly challenge me because David would probably kick their asses too badly, so someone more that they could uh, beat up on like myself here. James, if only you saw the Ken I lost to on stream earlier today. <laughs> Probably one of the same Kens that I've lost to many, many times in my life as well. <laughs> We're almost ready to go, David. Alrighty. Alright, let's try this. Alright, let's do this. Coming right back, guys. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Tuesday Show. Once again, thank you once again to Super Joe Monday for jumping on here and joining us. Uh, if there's anybody else that you'd like to see as guests on the show, let us know, because obviously that's something that we're trying to... How rude of you, David, right now. Eating on stream. I'm Man. hanging out with my buddies. Hanging out with your buddies, eating on stream. <laughs> oh, man. All Where's right. Mm, all right. What is it? Why? Marinated beef and egg and rice and green onions and some sriracha and stuff in there. It's like basically a semi-bulgogi, I guess. Oh, nice. Uh, okay. Okay. Um, all right. Anyway, let's move on and do this 5-5 matchup thing. Yep. What do you think about that? Let's we do, do that? it. Let's do it. All I already right, got the topic highlighted here. I see that we do. So uh, I'd like to begin with uh, one of our own choosing rather than just immediately jumping yeah, into yeah, the Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Cool. cool. Now, I think for this, I'm going to have to get into some backstory for some folks. So okay. if people haven't been paying attention, in the NetherRealm Games community in MK, uh, somebody's popped up lately the name of Prince Panther. Okay. And this is somebody who, as far as I know, knows personally in the scene. <gasps> Uh, he's uh, he's from Saudi. Uh, I don't know that there's any other connections that, that I'm aware of uh, between him and anybody else. But he's just like a fan, I guess, of the scene. And he has put in a huge amount of money. And and has promised to do so as well. So he has 
given money to players for online tournaments and for exhibitions, uh, as well as to streamers slash commentators for for commentating over it. Sometimes that's like just very last minute. He'll be like, "All right, guys, like today we're gonna do a King of the Hill," and it's like these eight players get involved, get in, you know, and he'll give like a hundred bucks to the winner or whatever, a couple hundred bucks to the winner sometimes. Uh, he has said that he'll spend in the end twenty five thousand dollars just helping out the scene. But like I said, there's very little that's like known about him. So he has, I mean, to be clear, actually paid out money in, in many of these, in mo mm -hmm. as far as I know, almost all these cases. The only one where I'm aware of that he hasn't is where he was supposed to pay something to combat. And I don't know, something happened and he didn't do it immediately. And combat got mad about it. And Prince Panther was like, all right, well, enough. Like, you're not going to be involved in this stuff anymore. As far as I know, other than that, he has done it. Um, you know, there was one point when Katana Prime thought that he was going to be the one to stream one of the events, but ended up that uh, Mitsu Owens ended up doing it instead, and that caused a little bit of beef and drama uh, as well. Anyway, there's just not a lot that's known about the guy. You know, he's put up pictures of himself uh, in and videos of himself in, like, fancy cars and, like, in a jet and hmm. in a private jet. He's also put up pictures that seem to be, like, taken from other people. So, like, not him as well. So, it's, I don't know. Again, it's, like, a little bit funky. But for sure, that's him in, like, a private jet. Seems like a wealthy guy. I um, mean, how do you know that I'm not using pictures? I mean, he's not using pictures of other people in private. Shoot. Well, I mean, honestly, it, it seems like he <laughs> has done that in a couple of, of situations. Uh, there was, like, a room that he showed a picture of. And it turns out it's just, like, in a hotel room, and it was actually, like, the same, uh, I believe it's James Bond movie playing on the TV in the background. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, crazy, you know? But, uh, but anyway, like, for real, like, there's videos of him in, like, very wealthy situations. Um, so what he's said is just that he wants to help improve the scene, right? Okay. His, what he wants to do is give money to people who he likes to watch. Like, he's just, he's in it to help the community. Um... He's talked about cleaning up the scene, although who knows what that means. He's talked about making a team and giving the players Swarovski crystals. People, uh, <laughs> that's you know what? That's always been my dream as a fighting okay. game player. Was like when I was like twelve, I was like, if I could play these fighting games that don't exist just yet, so I could grow up and so someone can give me a Swarovski crystal, I know I've made it. <laughs> I know. You would definitely have made it if you got a Sorosky uh, crystal for for playing fighting games. Yeah, it was like a chain or something like that. <laughs> and he he might have some connection to the Saudi king because he had like a picture of the Saudi king with his brother, I guess. And he's talked about like going to have meetings with King Salman of Saudi Arabia. Unclear again. Um, so there's just a lot of like unknowns, right? And I don't know how he has this money. Is he just personally wealthy, or does it come from some weird situation? Um, you know, the Saudi royalty, Saudi Saudi king, uh, is involved in some stuff that, as a scene, I would really rather that we stay away from. You know, mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. the Saudi government, I should say, right? I mean, I think that they do some things that I am super not down with. Uh, but I don't know. This guy's involved in any of that stuff, right? So... Is it okay? Is this okay, in your opinion, 
for somebody to just sort of appear one day and be like, I have $25,000 to give. I'd like to help the scene. No info about where the money comes from. What do you what do you think about is this okay? Like what should be people be accepting this money or should it be like hold on a second like what's what's your intentions or you know are you in fact bringing the scene together or are you like in reality creating little divisions within it in some of the drama that's that's come up since he's been there? I mean look, what's going on? If I can get one of these, I mean look at this thing. <laughs> Look at this thing. <laughs> okay, so it's not its not that. It was a little, like, necklace-looking chain uh, that kind of looked like one of the Black Panther necklace oh, situations. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Fair enough, fair enough. Look. I, again, I don't want to say that it, I know that his money is anything weird. Maybe it's totally fine. <laughs> I'm wondering. <laughs> is like, since you don't know anything about the guy, right. other than he says that he's here to help, is, is that cool? I, I, so, again, this has nothing to do with Saudi Arabian money. This has nothing to do with, do we know this guy? This has nothing mm -hmm. to do with any of that stuff. My answer to this question is always going to be no. <laughs> really? I, I, I do not think this is the right way to go because this is... I've always believed in growing the scene organically because regardless of who the source is, unless it's somebody that's just like, you know, like like Tom and Tony Cannon, okay? They've been doing this for 20 years now, right? They've been running this Evo forever, and, you know, even before that, they were doing all sorts of stuff, you know, for the fighting game community. Yeah, you definitely. know, you have people that you can trust that have been in the community for a long time, and they've obviously already supported the community through Shoryuken and Evo for years at a loss. Obviously, Evo is not at a loss anymore. But, you know, they've obviously kind of put in that effort. But, you know, if somebody comes from nowhere, essentially, that's the main point, is that if... Sorry, my cats were, like, fighting, and I heard them meowing at each other. Um, hey, hey, what are you guys doing? <laughs> like, literally, I just hear this... Oh, you know, um, but, like... Uh, this money comes from nowhere. The problem is, is that it always means that the money can disappear as fast as it can show up. Sure. And when this money comes in and everybody starts getting used to this different kind of level of where the community is at, when, and I say when because it's almost guaranteed, the money is taken away, that changes everything. And now... Can the community survive going back? You know, the Tekken community, when MLG picked up Tekken for a while, it almost kind of happened. They got kind of used to a little bit of bigger prize money. And then when the Tekken got dropped from MLG, the players didn't want it, were less inclined to travel a little bit all of a sudden. You know, that's the kind of thing that I'm always scared of. If we can grow organically, which is what I've always wanted. I mean, I've told the story many times. I'd expect to have long been dead by the time we would have gotten to Mandalay Bay, you know, yeah. arena kind of situation. But somehow we've gotten there much quicker. 
Uh, but that was kind of the pace that I was expecting, <laughs> you know, like it was going to take us a long time and I will be okay with that because that means by the time we do get there, we did it on our own. No one can take the money away from us and it's just our community will be able to continue to survive on its own. That's kind of where I've always been in the stance of. So, okay. you know. If it's like, hey, Ultra David wins the lottery and gets $100 million, then Ultra David's like, here's all this money. I'll be like, okay, because I know Ultra David. I know he's I in see. it. He, he loves the fighting game community. I know he would want to do, do right by it. And like I said, for me, I'm always wary of anybody, regardless of their background, or legitimacy of the money if they just come in from nowhere and, and is like, hey, here's all this. I want to do all this crazy stuff. So uh, that's the part that kind of uh, scares me. So I do agree with, with uh, Axiom in the chat who says that it reminds him of Yomi during Mortal Kombat. <clears throat> mm. When MKX was new, yes. um, Yomi Gaming started up and the, they had a team. They had a little venue in the Atlanta area. And they just, like, sort of suddenly had money. And uh, I don't know how much about that is publicly known. Anyway, the money ended up not being coming from a legal source. <laughs> and the guy who was doing it, uh, like, went to jail. And so it blew up. Oh, I never heard about that part. Okay. <laughs> it blew up. And, I mean, that sucks. But on the other hand... The players for a while got to play professionally. They were supported, you know, they had to live there and they like had to do some work and stuff, but you know, it was a job for them for a while. And I, is that good? I mean, that seems nice. And right now it's a terrible economic situation. And even people who had regular jobs a yeah. month ago, a month and a half ago, many of them don't now. And so that, you know, getting any support right now, any extra monetary support right now, I think it's pretty hard to say no to. Yeah. I mean, th the one thing, though, is that we were fortunate, in my opinion, that the players who were signed to Yomi came away with it as unscathed as they were. You know, mm. there's definitely a lot of ways that could have gone wrong. Someone might have moved over to Atlanta and then just couldn't find a way back or got involved in whatever thing and they get put into jail or whatever like yeah. that, you know. But as you said, we're in an economic position right now that, yeah, I'm not sure if we can, you know, I'm not sure if a lot of people would pass that kind of thing up. Right. You know, it's it, the, the, the temptation is very high right now. For sure, for sure. But, yeah, I mean, in, in general, I understand your point that you don't want the scene to get hooked on somebody's money that's not going to be there long term mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and i agree i think overall i think i think that's an important thing for us to feel sort of untethered from that overall but yeah in this instance it's hard for me to say that i think the players shouldn't do it because i think that in many people's financial situations it's just like hard to not mm -hmm. <laughs> you know go for that uh and and what's nice about what he's done is that it hasn't been like only a certain set of players he has done he's paid out money to players in north america south america africa europe middle east i mean all, like he's had king of the hills and stuff and, and events 
all over the place. So, I mean, you know, a lot of players are, are feeling the benefit of that. Hard for me to say no, really. But at the same time, I just want to know more. You know, I mean, right. that's my... That's my only point of concern is I want to know more. Um, I want to know what his like larger intentions are. Uh, you know, for example, the thing with combat where combat ends up sort of getting, uh, you know, he's he's out of the future money that's involved or whatever that's going to mean. I don't know what that means, right? What does it mean mm -hmm. for combat to not? be invited back for any of these things what does it mean is combat now not going to be on a team that maybe he would have that maybe would have paid him a salary like what's the what's it gonna be you know i want to know more about that uh and i feel like without knowing that it's hard for me to think it's a good idea for the money to be there um you know there's been he's put out tweets that are like hey like which commentators should i bring in for events and and you know many people uh tag me and are like hey bring in david and i appreciate that for sure but I also haven't replied to any of them. Right. And it's it's because I don't... Yeah, I mean, I just want to know more about what the intentions are. I want to know more about what the where the money comes from. Is he just a wealthy person who just thinks Mortal Kombat's cool? I mean, you know, that's cool. Is What? I mean, I just want to know. That's all. Right. So yeah. without knowing those things, it's hard for me to think that it's like a great idea for the scene mm -hmm. as a whole. Maybe it will be, but it's just hard to say. And and I want to know more. Yeah. At the same time, I think it's pretty hard for me to advise any individual player to not accept the money. Right. I mean, that's 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 kind of you know where the caveat lies, right? Because you know, it, it makes a difference when you kind of know. The, the, the history of somebody like like I said you know if you came into a, an ungodly amount of money and were like hey I'm gonna start doing this and sponsoring people I would be like okay because one I know you and two we probably know where your ungodly money can, comes from you know because you would probably be like hey guys I, I won the lottery yeah. but even if like it was someone like like let's say Mark Cuban. Like years ago, I used to always say like we need to get someone like Mark Cuban interested in the FGC, right? But you know we know his background. We know where the money comes from, and now we know where he keeps getting the money from, which is you know from the Dallas Mavericks and everything like that. You yeah. know we know he likes video games and things like that. So you know it's kind of a different situation. You know I, for me. It really comes down to just the people who come out of nowhere that I would be worried about. Yeah. Because then, are they here to support the scene? Or are they here to try to get in on the ground floor of this esports thing? You know, there have been some communities that have been accused of... Uh, you know, some sponsors that have been accused of, you know, joining the FGC because they're hoping to get an easy foot into the door of esports kind of thing, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I just want to know the motivations of this kind of yeah. thing. You know what I mean? So, I mean, if the Kuwaiti guys who showed up to Battle by the Bay in 1996 or 95 or whatever it was showed up and were like, hey, here's a bunch of money, let's do stuff. You know, you'd be like, you know, you traveled all the way out to Battle by the Bay. You guys are probably legit like fans of fighting games. <laughs> you know, I just want to know more about the the the, yeah. the history. So, I mean, I don't, I to be clear, I don't like particularly, I don't think that it's any negative reason that he's involved. Mm -hmm. But 
I also just want to know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's the plan? Where does the money come uh, come from? Um, you know. And what's the plan? Anything that he can say. What's the plan <laughs> to make it so that we don't need his money anymore? See, that's the thing, right? Mm-hmm. Can he say that this is an investment to help grow the scene to the point where they don't need that money anymore? See, that that's kind of... not. I'm sorry, that they don't need the money from him anymore. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That it's it's a way to turn it into an industry, into a business growth and kind of things. And, you know, this is what has honestly been driving a lot of my brain recently with the way that I think about fighting games and being mm-hmm. beginner friendly and appealing to masses and stuff like that. You know, because it is it is kind of like my focus now that I want more people playing. I want more people watching. And uh, fighting games are hard to play. <laughs> well, Tost, I have the same opinion. I don't think it should be up to one person's whims who gets paid or yes. not. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's like my, my opinion in general, <laughs> in like politics as well. Uh, I don't want one person to have that much power. But in this situation where a lot of people need money right now, it's... Yeah, I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't tell them not to accept it. I just yeah, think that's yeah. as long as they not practical, not nice. Yeah, and as long as they are careful about it too, as long as they're aware of that kind of situation, don't, you know, don't go in on promises, don't go in on, you know, like make, don't like, don't think you have any of the money until you actually have the money. You know, obviously, like you said, he has been paying people out. So that's really cool. And, you know, kudos to him. That's better than so many other people that we've dealt with in the past already. He's already surpassed like 99%. For sure. You know, but, you know. I mean, and as Dream Eater says in the chat, I haven't seen him ask for anything weird from anybody. Right. You know, it's all that I've seen is him. In terms of the money that he's given, all he's just done it, you know? I mean, for mm-hmm, the most part, mm-hmm. com- the combat thing aside. Uh, and I don't know what the deal was with KP versus Mitsu and the one stream issue that they had. But, you know, uh, again, uh, other than that, it seems like he's done it. I just want to know more. Right. That's really my position mm-hmm. here. What's yeah. up? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, you know, it's... If he can keep the intentions positive like this, and if it is just something that he's just a fan of the FGC. But, you know, I mean, one of the nice things about it is that um, that usually becomes pretty clear pretty quickly. You know what I mean? Being a true fan of the scene and supporter of the scene versus someone who kind of has ulterior motives and is trying to maybe become the 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 the, the keeper of the scene or something like that or you know or find some easy way into esports it usually doesn't take very long for that those kind yeah. of colors to reveal themselves i mean people yeah, in the and- chat keep bringing up avid i mean that just kind of like disappeared super fast because it, it, it was one of those situations where it felt like that that's exactly what it was, you know, that it was people trying to come in and find an easy foot door, footstep into esports, didn't really care about fighting games, and were just there to, you know, hey, look, let's just try to get in on this, so. I hear you. Yeah. 
Well, everybody's got got to got to keep that in mind. I think that's a really good thing to keep in mind. Mhm. Mm okay. All right. We'll see. All right. So that's it for that one. We have viewer stuff now, right? We do. Let's get to the viewer segment of the 5-5 five, five matchup discussion topics. You ready for that? Yes, let's do it. I have the results right here. I will not accidentally spoil the results by putting it into the topic too fast. Nice. All right. Number one. What, in your opinion, is the most diverse fighting game in terms of player and character options? Ooh, okay. Number two. What's your opinion about auto combos in fighting games? Does it actually help casual players get into a game? Can they ruin a game for you? Number three. How often do you prefer a game be patched? And what effects do you feel patch frequency has on a game? Number four, if you had the power to turn any cartoon, movie, <laughs> comic book, video game, or anime into a fighting game, what would it be? And what kind of fighting game would you make? Mm -hmm. And five, the last one, are fighting game developers accidentally keeping fighting games from becoming more popular with their design and marketing decisions? Those are our five. And the winner is... Number five. Are fighting game developers accidentally keeping fighting games from becoming more popular with their design and marketing decision? Interesting question right there. Uh, I like Eric Man's... Uh, or I guess it's Urkic Man. I've always read it as Eric Man now that I think about it, but it's Urkic Man. Uh says what would it be and why is it avatar the last airbender i mean that's kind of one of my answers i've always said that oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. okay <laughs> i've always wanted to make a last airbender uh you know weird time thing and put Korra characters and avatar characters in there i think that would be super sick um uh but as for are fighting game developers accidentally keeping fighting games from becoming more popular with the design and marketing decisions uh, yeah. I do believe that there is a lot of the responsibility on the developers, and I really do feel like that they are hurting it uh, wow. in a lot of ways. Uh, I mean, look, we just talked about it with Super Joe Monday, right? The, the, the netcode thing, making the online experience something that's actually enjoyable is hugely on the devs, you know, which is why, like I said, I'm not fighting the weird lobby of strive instead trying to find ways to make it work better uh i like the idea that the people that you play look like somebody exists in a world a little bit more uh but i mean besides that it's there's just so many things that developers could do and and again they're finding the wrong answers and i really do think they're making the wrong decisions in a lot of the fighting games that they're designing the quote dumbing down of fighting games i think is a big mistake because as both you and i have said there's basically no such things as making a fighting game simpler you know you don't make fighting games I mean, in fact the, the patreon article that i had written for last week was um you know, all about that. It's not about making things easier. It's about making people enjoy the small, in, simple things that they're doing in the game a lot more. You know, giving them more visceral uh, feedback out of the things that they do are doing in games so that they remember these things, so that they enjoy it, so that they have fun. And I, I just feel like they're 
I don't know why they're learning a lot of the wrong lessons, but I also think it, it's also kind of a, a social media kind of thing. You know, a lot of people complain that this is too hard. I hate one frame links because they're too hard. I hate FADC combos because they're too hard. You know, I hate the, you know, uh, there's a lot of this out there, but the underlying problem that makes those things unfun to do is not being addressed. You know, there's, there's more to it. Cause like I said, uh, you know, in Smash Brothers, you hit B and you falcon punch somebody, and that thing is super fun, and it's not hard to do as well. But when you falcon punch someone, you're just you're just gonna remember it. You know, there's a lot of ways to tackle these issues, but I don't feel like the devs are tackling tackling it in the correct way. And so I, I really feel like, yeah, I feel like devs are responsible for a lot of uh, the lack of popularity in fighting games right now. Um, and they're not doing a good enough job, as Super Joe Monday said, to teach people what they're doing wrong in the game. That information literally just doesn't exist. And so there's almost no way for people to learn easily through the game itself. And in fact, fighting games may be one of the most community-reliant genres out there in terms of people making the information. You know, like... I just linked a bunch of people, the Tekken spreadsheet that just came out recently, that's just one page for every character. Here's their most punishable moves. Here's how you punish I-10s and I-12s and I-14s and I-15s and, you know, all this stuff. And, like, why does that not exist in the game? <laughs> you know? It's like you do require the community to make these things. And the hardest thing about it is that uh, and sorry if I'm talking so long, David. You can interrupt me if you want okay. to. Uh, the hardest thing about fighting games is that fighting games are designed correctly when the developers themselves don't know the maximum potential of their characters. Of course. And so if you create a brand new game like Grand Blue Fantasy Versus, you can't make those kind of spreadsheets and information because you don't know what the players are going to find. And so, in a weird way, fighting games are kind of chicken and egg-ish kind of thing. You have to release it with a bunch of unknowns until people figure it out, and then you can give the information, but then that hurts people who pick it up early on. And again, I don't know what the solution is. I, I really don't. Uh, I can sit here and say, yeah, the devs are at fault, but I don't have a solution. I don't know what the right way to fix it is, honestly. Uh, if I did, then... I would be trying to make a new game, you know? <laughs> Let's just put it that way. <laughs> I think NRS is doing a good job. <clears throat> mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that they're doing a good job on most of those things. I've always, so they have, yeah, I've they always, have, I've always said that, you know, they're the ones that I trust the most for this at this point, so. Yeah, uh, MK11 has a really good tutorial. Uh, it has a bunch of stuff for players to do that's not playing online, mm -hmm. right? Or at least not playing versus mode. Uh, it has raids that you do versus very powerful boss characters that you do like with other people at the same time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, it's got a lot of single player content, and so there's a lot of reasons for people to get involved. And as they play, um, you know, there's a great training mode as well. There's a great netcode so you can play online. So I think that they're doing a lot of the stuff really well. Oh, and and after rounds, after uh, games end. It does, it says, like, you got opened up by this many lows, this right. many overheads, this many, whatever, the category, throws, right? Different things uh, to at least, like, sort of give you some feedback. So I do think that it, do, that it does do a lot of things. And I think that that's a part of why 
MK11 is selling the best out of all the traditional fighting games. That and you know, netcode too. <laughs> all those things I mentioned, yeah. And fatalities and fatalities. So, well, of course, I mean, a, a big part of it is the long-running fact that it is Mortal Kombat. But mm. Injustice Two also sold really well. Yeah, and it had a lot of those things going for it too. So now people have come to expect that NRS games have all these things, and they do. Mm -hmm. And they each time they do have them, and so they they get more people to come in each time who hear about all the positives of it. Yeah, I mean, you know, Mortal Kombat is going to have a limit to who picks it up because it's, you know, a lot of people like that grossness, but a lot of people don't, and so there's just, you know, whatever. But for Injustice 2, um, it's, it's you know, even without the gore, uh, it's still really popular, and I think that's a big part of why. So I think that, I think that stuff matters. You know, I think that that's part of why uh, Killer Instinct had, I think Keith said 10 million people have played it. You know? mm -hmm. And even though there's a lot that's left to be done, as Keats was even talking about, you know, about what they would like to do, um, they still did a lot of the stuff, a lot of the stuff that you were just mentioning. So I, I do think that there are games that are doing it. Mm -hmm. uh, I love, by the way, that in Grand Blue Fantasy Versus, and Strive does this as well, when you look into a character, it'll have like little previews of each one of the buttons that they have. In, the uh, and the move lists, yeah. In, uh -huh. in the move lists, yeah, yes. that's awesome. So, I mean, there's definitely stuff that's that's improving here. But, I mean, fundamentally, I agree with you that there's a limit to what a scene and community can do to build a game if the dev's not willing to go along with it, for sure. Mm -hmm. I think I think ultimately that's right. So the, you know, if you're if the dev's not willing to have put the money into play to uh, to fix online play, you're just probably not going to have big online tournaments. You're going to have some people involved for sure, but you're not going to have nearly as many as you could have. Uh, you know, if the dev is not willing to do things in terms of giving reasons to people for people to play that are not just like ranked points, right? Then yeah, fewer people will do it, and that is what we see, isn't it? So mm -hmm. yeah, I think that that's that there are definitely things that devs could be doing that they're not. And you know, when when Mortal Kombat was uh, just to go back to NRS, NRS has rarely said things like. Oh, this next game we're, that we have is going to be easy, right? You, everybody will be able to get into it. They don't really say that kind of thing. And I feel like the marketing that they do is much more like, check out this sick fatality. Or <laughs> yeah. you know, check out like this, there's like a cool music track behind it in each of the mm -hmm. launch trailers that they do. Like it's more like that kind of thing rather than like the game is going to be approachable for you. So I, I do think that the marketing is part of why those games yeah. sell, sell so well, of course. If other developers were to do the same kind of marketing, or publishers, I guess, were to do that too, then, yeah, I think that, that could help them out, for sure. I mean, it's it's interesting, because obviously, you know, Injustice sells really well, um, and a lot of it does have to do with the, you know, franchise tied to it and everything. And, you know, it's Warner Brothers, so they have a lot more investment to try to do it as right as possible. Sure. We yeah, won't no, no, end yeah, up with an, we won't end up with an MVCI situation, right? Um, you know, if a lot of that one player stuff wasn't in Injustice or Mortal Kombat, do I feel like the sales would have been hurt that much? I don't know. Like it's hard for me to say. Probably, right? <laughs> uh, oh, I, I think they would have. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm not I, I'm not 100% sure. I'm not 100% sure because, uh, you know, these games were selling millions of copies back when none of that stuff was there, right? Tekken has sold millions of copies in the past a long time ago with very little of that stuff in there. Um, 
that's one of the hardest reasons why it is to convince people to develop these things in games is because there's very little way to prove that that stuff makes a huge difference. You know, that a lot of that stuff is very beneficial and gets people to buy it because, you know, uh, I mean, in the case of Mortal Kombat, for sure, because people are talking about, you know, oh, the reviews talk about a lot of this stuff, about a lot of the one-player stuff. So, you know, yeah. like I said, NRS games for sure are doing a lot better than a lot of the other games. But, you know, I just feel like there's more. I feel like there's more. I, I, I still am not, yeah. like I said... I, they're not perfect, don't get me right. wrong. I do feel like NRS is doing the best job of it. Like, yeah. I don't even think that's a question right now. And uh, like I said, my friend played Injustice. He's a big DC head. He played. He put in hundreds of hours into Injustice. He never played a single online match. Right. Like right, he just right. never did. Right. And you know that's important. That's that's something that they need to do. And yeah, for sure, NRS is doing the best job with it. But uh, like I said, I do feel like that there's a little bit more to it. And. Uh, for us, obviously, the, the, the drive is to get these people to start paying attention to the FGC and play and watch. And uh, watching, I think, Spectator Route is one of the most important things. And I think that is where the popularity is going to emerge from, uh, in, from a more hardcore standpoint. And, uh, you know, how do we get the players who buy these games to go from that to now watching events, watching tournaments, and then yeah. maybe even after a year or two being tempted to join one. So You know, what's what's nice too is that uh, NK has weekly tournaments of its own. I mean, mm -hmm, even mm -hmm. apart from the community-run stuff, like there just are tournaments there, and all you need to do is sign up for it is just like log on to PlayStation, or mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it's there. You just literally sign up for it in-game. Um, so that's that is ni a nice thing that they do. Uh, yeah. So there there is, I don't know how many people that's brought into like a competitive mindset. I don't have any data on that, but I do think that that's nice. I, I like that right. they are. See, they are doing just to kind of address what say no to weeb says in chats. This is best single player content was Alpha Three console version. Alpha Three console version had that world tour mode. It was awesome. That world tour mode was super sick. What was it? I don't remember now. You just played against the computer, but you would gain power-ups, like the ability to chain any normal into normal or cancel any normal into a special. Oh, yeah. You could do this, and then you could build it for different characters and all this stuff. There was a lot of really, really cool stuff in there. Game still didn't sell particularly well. So, right. again, I, I, I can't necessarily say that that kind of thing drives the sales just I mean, yet. that was 25 years ago, right? Yeah, it was I'm, 25 years ago. Maybe not actually, but maybe it was like 22 20, or 23? Whatever it was, Mortal Kombat was still selling millions of copies back then. <laughs> yeah, but I, what, you know? what, was, what worked what worked back then is not going to work now. Yeah, yeah. Right, just as a general statement. So I, even if things back in the day didn't require all these bells and whistles to convince, convince mm -hmm. people to play fighting games, I think we probably do need that stuff now. Yeah. Oh, that World Tour. I mean, I played it, and it was like, it wasn't even like actually playing a fighting game, but it was super fun. <laughs> yes, and Virtua Fighter Evolution had that ghost mode where you could play the ghosts of the players in the arcades in Japan. <laughs> Unfortunately, right. that was geared too much towards one culture, <laughs> so it probably Pretty didn't cool. quite appeal to the Americans as well. 
Uh, it's and again, like I said, I wish I knew the answer. I don't have the answer. Uh, otherwise, I would be like, "Do this now, let's go!" And everybody would be like, "Oh my God, that's genius!" But like, I don't know if anybody has the right answer for it right now. I have a lot of ideas for it. It would be fun to try to develop my own fighting game, but that that would be a you know year or two away effort to even be able to start that. You know, learning game programming and stuff. Uh, Nino says marketing's part of it. Compare NRS's marketing in general to other games. Yes, huge part too. of it. Huge, huge part of it. difference. Not, to be fair, it's not NRS's marketing. It's, uh, it's Warner Brothers. Yeah. Publisher, but, um, yeah, for sure. They have big bucks, mega bucks, no doubt mm-hmm. about it. So that's that's certainly true. However, they're also not idiots who think that they're going to throw away money on things that they don't expect to, to sell big time. Right, right. So it's not like unrelated. You know what I mean? They are also spending a lot of marketing money because they think it's a good product that they can actually sell. And they're usually right about that. Yeah. Uh, the, the key is how, how do we get more people to appreciate the competitive you know, aspect uh, of it? And, you know? and going back to MK again, uh, when we were doing combat for a cause, the little charity stream last week for Mortal Kombat 11, whenever you, when you logged on to Mortal Kombat, it said, hey, watch Combat for a Cause this right. week. Right. And it gave you, like, links. and it, Is you know, there it any was, rule nice. why those the game can't just open up a web page and take you to Twitch? Is Do there, I know why? I don't know. Because no game has done that. And any out of anybody out there, NRS would do that. Yeah, okay. And they did. They haven't. So I don't know if there's a rule on all these games that you're not allowed to do a web browser or something from within the game, maybe because they're scared. Then you can access whatever uh, websites anywhere, you know, kind of thing. I don't know. Maybe there's some super hard, hard ass rule out there that you can't access web stuff from inside your game or something like that. Yeah, no. There, there definitely are games that will send you to to browsers. Okay. Okay. Uh, but I don't know if, if sending something, somebody directly to Twitch is a different story. Or I don't just know if embedding legal. Twitch, because you can do that. You can embed Twitches into pages, right? That's a thing, like, you, like YouTube. Like, why not just embed that footage in there? Like, why know, say that this tournament is going on now instead of having it actually going on now? <laughs> you know, on the screen. <laughs> uh it would just be one of those cool things that they could do. But, you know, again, of any company, I feel like NetherRealm Studios would be the one that would do that. And I can't even imagine that they hadn't thought of it. You know what I mean? Like, they're already promoting the stuff in the in the splash screens and stuff. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm, sure that, I'm sure you're right. Yeah. I, yeah, I, you know, just this year, we, we've talked about this in, in the past. I think it's probably true that... 1v1 aspect of fighters is going to limit it compared to, to team games. I think we basically all agree with that. Yeah. But that's also not changing. So the question is, what else to do, right? Yes. So that's like the for sure part of it. But mm-hmm. that's also not relevant to the question of how to change things because it's mm-hmm. going to be like. Yep. Well, StarCraft did do well 1v1. I'm not sure I would say it's it's okay still, but it's not. <laughs> it's how did not that, super how, great. How did that Brood War remastered thing do? Overall, uh, well, Brood War, the updated Brood War came out a while ago. Um, I mean, yeah, it was cool. It uh, was fine. There's nice graphics on it. You can also have cartoony graphics on it, which is pretty funny. Mm-hmm. And then there was a Warcraft uh, remastered thing. Warcraft 3 remastered came out 
not that long ago, and that was a pile of garbage. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Yeah. <sighs> I had already uninstalled the Blizzard launcher by that. Dang, yeah, it was a big sucks. blow up. That sucks, dude. <laughs> Definitely sucks, yeah. I mean, that was like me when I got super excited when I heard Konami was doing the Silent Hill 2 remaster, the HD remaster. And then it came out and it was basically a, you know, it was a pile as well. But since then, I've learned why it was a pile. And now I'm not as mad at them about it. <laughs> uh Literally, I mean, because this is the way that Japanese devs do it, right? I mean, one of the reasons why UMVC3 never got any patches was because after UMVC3 came out and it didn't sell well, they just destroyed the entire dev environment and it was too expensive to bring it back and build it. Well, all of the original resources for Silent Hill 2, like all the textures, the voice acting, all that stuff, gone. It's not archived anywhere. That sucks. So they had to redo all the vo they had to redo all the voices. And that's why a lot of things are missing textures in the game, even on the remastered. It's just that that, that stuff isn't archived. They just don't archive <laughs> okay. that stuff information. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, yes. The answer to the question, I think we all agree, is that fighting game developers definitely could be doing more stuff. So I guess the other meaning of that is that they're accidentally doing stuff that are that is preventing their games from being more popular. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, I said, I really just feel like they're focusing on the wrong areas of the fighting game. Like, you know, you can see it all over Guilty Gear Strive. You know, the, the very McDonald's-y menu character selection screen, right? I mean, people who love Guilty Gear love the chains and the metal and the, and the hardcore yeah. look of it. And now it looks like you're trying to pick a Happy Meal toy, you know, from the display. And it just, it doesn't... Like, I don't know if they realize what they're trying to do as well, so. All right. Um, I, we, we usually pick one of these or a couple of these to answer, and I would like to answer it number one, which is, what, in your opinion, is the most diverse fighting game in terms of player or character option? Oh, okay. What do you got? Uh, well, sounds like you have something in mind already. What would be your answer? So, my... My top three are Blaze Blue, just in general, um, and not BB Tag. I mean, like the series, mainline series Blaze Blue games. Okay. Um, I think that's to me that's probably the most standout. I think that game has huh. probably the zaniest ideas in fighting games, in terms of character options. Uh, and by the end of you know the development, a ton of characters and all of them super unique and weird. Every one of them weird. None of them's like the normal Ryu. Like Ryu gets blood back. You know what I mean? Like even Ryu gets health back. <laughs> like the protagonist right. is the weirdo as well. Mm -hmm. And that's I don't know. There's very few games that even games that have a lot of weird stuff. There's it's rarely the case that like every single character is the weirdo. Mm -hmm. But I think that game did that, and I I love that. And I would say the other two that to me are the biggest standouts are Killer Instinct, 2013, and Injustice. Um, hard to guess, but I would say Injustice 2 a little bit weirder yeah, than Injustice yeah. 1. Uh, to me, those are the three that have the the just most diverse options. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. Maybe Diversity is Injustice 1 rather than Injustice 2. Yeah, let's go with Injustice 1. <laughs> There's just such weird ideas in all three of those games. And every kind of archetype is represented. Yeah. And they invented archetypes. And 
there's stuff that has that just hasn't appeared in other games. So to me, those are the most diverse. Yeah, I mean, for me, as soon as I see that question, Ki and Injustice are like two of the first games that come to my mind right away. Uh, so I'd probably start with those two more than any yeah. of the other ones. Uh, those games tried as much not to stick into a particular niche, yeah. and so they just kind of did whatever they want the, they wanted. Uh, honestly, I, I would also put uh, X-Men Children of the Atom in there. That would be my last game that I would stick really? in there. Yeah, because that game... So huh. as soon as you went from Children of the Atom to Marvel Superheroes, things got homogenized a lot. Right. You know, all of a sudden you had the flying screen knockdowns for everyone. When you did the air combo, almost everyone could do the magic series, you know, right. et cetera, et cetera. But Children of the Atom, I mean, look, still one of my absolute favorite characters of fighting game history is in terms of whacking and Spiral exists in that game. If the game wasn't so goddamn broken, that's the biggest problem with it. Yeah. But... And, and, you know, they just didn't know what they built. Like, the infinites were stupid, easy, kind of, in that yeah. game as well. But just in terms of character variety, you know, I every character you played was so vastly different and just had... They just let everything rock. I mean, Spiral, like I said, I mean, for those who aren't aware, like, you know, you pull out the dancing swords... Once you had the dancing swords, you could shoot them one at a time with a punch. You could shoot them across as a whole, up as a whole, down as a whole. You could spiral them out for you. You could throw them out so that they home in on the opponent. You can shoot right. them so that they launched like as a burst around you. She had a move that switched places with the opponent. She had a mode that gave her strength. She had a mode that gave made her stronger. She had a mode that like like she just basically had everything. Like they just like. She had a move that just made her drop faster from the air. You know, right. you just did it and she just, bing, gravity, and then she would just fall down really fast. And she just opened up everything that you could do. And, like, I remember just, I would just play her, activate swords and throw swords in directions, and then someone would come after me and switch, and we would switch sides, and then they would be right. on the wrong side. And, oh, right. my God, what a fun character, man. <laughs> I yeah, missed my... I think that's probably particularly impressive because that was early in fighting game history yeah comparatively speaking right like that was mm -hmm. just a few years into the phenomenon and they were all coming up with zany stuff. right and that and that's what kind of made me like it so much like i love the fact yeah. that sentinel his drones were very different he had three different drones and he had the one that did the carpet bomb he had the one that actually came down straight and you know he had all these different things that he's missing from all of the sentinels that we know today um, and everyone had their different X powers, you know, uh, you know, Iceman would just put a giant ball on his hand and all of a sudden have bigger range and more stun on all of his moves. Omega Red could steal your life back. Colossus had the ability to turn so that he was super armored. I mean, hi yeah, hyper armored. Hyper armor. I, I think it was one of the first times hyper armor ever existed. I, I think so. Yeah. You know, and it was just, I mean, they just let everything rock in that game. And I miss that. I, I like that was super cool. Like I said, the problem was the game; they didn't know what they were making, and it was super yeah. broken. But again, it was it was early in fighting game history. They just hadn't figured out things yet. Yeah, so I yeah. Think that's to be expected. Mm -hmm. exactly. But it's also true that games that have extremely diverse stuff are prone to having 
bad balance. <laughs> yeah. We're talking about this in the chat. Uh, you know, launch Blaze Blue had some of the worst matchups that I've ever played. Right. Uh, and <laughs> while I didn't keep up with the game after that, uh, I played for a little while, I guess, in CF, but not for long. And uh, it seemed like it was a little bit better. But in any case, I don't know if it was ever great. And in Injustice 1, it was bad. Right. You know, it was not... Every character was busted and wild, but there were clearly tears. And in that in that game, some of the worst matches that I've ever played. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, Arakune versus... versus Lex is one of the oh, bad Oh, in Injustice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay, yeah. okay. Gotcha, gotcha. I thought you were still And on for them. the same reason, Zod versus Lex is exactly like new and half a dozen other characters in launch blaze blue versus tiger like it's yeah. the same matchup like where you're just walking 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 walk. oh i got pushed right. out walk 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 like that's the same exact match and you know i springfield george in the chat says but, you people... know that's that's the the question is what's diverse and those games are definitely right. diverse. And, and springfield george says you know people aren't really willing to let weird stuff develop anymore and you know that is one of the problems right you know because guilty gear is another one of those games that has a really super diverse cast as well uh, unfortunately, a lot of them do get pinned into the knock you down and have the meaty setup thing, which is what they tried to fix with the blitz mechanic and everything. But, mm. you know, I still think it does have one of the best varieties of characters in there. Guilty Gear yeah. would be another one that I would probably put on that Very list as well. Very interesting neutral, at least, right? Yeah, the neutral is one of the best in there because the characters are crazy and because of right. the fact that... It's weird. It's like, here's the thing. It's like... It almost feels like there's a universal message here. Is if you just make everyone kind of broken in a weird way, it kind of works itself out. Yes. <laughs> like KI. Because you can make everyone broken because there was the combo breaker system, right? Guilty Gear. Sure. Guilty Gear worked because they had burst and Roman cancels, right? You know, they, they just, they let a lot of things go because they just knew there was these ways to get yourself out of these situations. So... And it- Look, I don't, I don't really agree. Uh, Nino says that uh, that games are becoming less interesting. They want to be able to balance it easier since complaints are louder and they want esports. I don't really think that's right. I think that it's been like the life of SF5 has been the opposite of that. Yeah. Right. I, SF5 at launch was just a couple of different plausible styles i think keith last week said he thought there was 1.5 plausible like viable styles <laughs> i <laughs> agree it might be like underselling I, it a little bit but not by a lot um yeah not by a lot if, if, it, lot, is, if it is underselling it yeah and uh and now there's a bunch of different viable styles Dude, and I, there I, really is good variety between the cast i'll tell you this right now up to the zaniness for sure as lucia if i fight against abigail I really pray that they are not using the tire. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. The tire messes her up so bad. Oh, my God. Oh, man. But, yeah, the zaniness factor is much higher in Street Fighter it's V. It's been stepped up. And, yeah. again, uh, Injustice is, is zany. Uh, you know, uh, uh, BB Tag just came out like last year, guys. <laughs> that game is super nuts, you know. So Undernight really in Birth. Perfect example there, too. Yeah. Another. There's a lot of crazy stuff going on. Yeah. I mean, Undernight and Birth has a charge character that has a charge at forward and up. Right? right. I mean, right. like, you just, like, they they came all sorts of crazy. I haven't, I can't throw the fireball at the tire. The, the fire doesn't hit the tire, it feels like. 
Can the tire roll through projectiles most of the time? I've kicked fire at it and it doesn't go anywhere. The best thing I did one time was kick the tire and cancel it into EX uppercut. I felt like a god. But outside of that, like, uh, I, I haven't really That's done great. it. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Uh, anyway. Yeah, so in conclusion, I would say Blaze Blue, Injustice 1, and CF, and, uh, and Killer Instinct 23. Right. And even games like Grand Blue, like I said, it started out looking kind of homogenizy, But, you know, even then, characters like Inferi and Matera had some pretty interesting ideas and mechanics to be crazy and now they're adding even more crazy stuff in there dragon ball i know has gotten a lot wilder uh since its inception as well so you know i feel like most games have gone on the more wild train uh yeah uh so yeah i do feel like most of the games these days are pretty crazy do you want to do any of these other questions or should we just get to the news I mean, look, uh, I talked about auto combos on my own stream. I actually think they're valuable. Not necessarily okay. auto combos. I was suggesting that in Guilty Gear Strive, they put in punch kick slash hard slash as a chain. But every time you go from punch to another button and kick to another button, that's not a towards button. Uh, it kicks in damage scaling really heavily so that you would be encouraged. Because like Keith said, he brought up a point that I hadn't thought about, was that by removing all of those Gatling options, you have far less of the homogenization of combos, right? They all don't lead down the same path, you know, that that you get the different kind of things. And I like that. I like that he brought that up. So, you know, putting that combo there. And then I had people in my chat arguing with me that that's bad because then it's an easy thing for people to do, but they're learning the wrong thing now, that, that they're being taught to do something that's incorrect. But I think that's fine because uh, you, you can't learn all the right things in a fighting game because there's like 900,000 things to learn. And you yeah, got to okay. concentrate on some of them. <laughs> before you get to the others and so just even having that chain combo even though it does weak damage you're going to want to punish someone who whiffs an uppercut with that kind of a combo and then once you get the idea of what it's better you're already used to the idea of punishing something with an optimal you know what i mean it's like you want to learn a little by little in my opinion so all right um uh, well and then, like I said, the the cartoon thing, I said Avatar, right? So I think that would be really cool. You would make do. an Avatar fighting game. Yeah, I've always wanted to make an Avatar fighting game. All right, well, let's talk a little bit about the news again. There's just not what a lot about to talk you? about. What but... about you? What would you want to make from a, from a non-fighting game franchise, non-already existing fighting game franchise? World of Warcraft fighting game. Um... Hmm... I don't think I would want that. No. Yeah, well, I mean, what's sprung to mind are the are the sort of story universes that matter most to me, and I don't think I would want like a Dune fighting game. You know, I, <laughs> the thing is that I don't care that much about the story and stuff. I'm caring more about the aesthetics and the designs of characters. I'm like intentionally trying to pay attention to that more days nowadays than I used to. But I also still don't super care about, like, what the character's backstory is. So I don't know that, for me, it would matter for there to be, like, a, you know, 
I don't know, Silmarillion fighting game. I so, just... so what would you just want to see as a fighting game? It doesn't have to be something you care for, about that passionately. Like I said, I'm not the biggest Avatar fan in the world. I love the series. It's a great series. It's all on Netflix right now. You should stream it if you haven't watched it yet. Takes a while to get started. Don't worry. By the time you get to season three, it's freaking amazing. Um, but um, it's just that it's already geared for that. You know what I mean? It's kind of already set itself for a potential to be a fighting game. So, you know, were you a fan of Thundercats as a kid? And it would be cool to see Thundercats fight each oh. other. I don't even remember what the characters were anymore, but I did watch it occasionally. Yeah. No, I, I'm Flylo Am, I'm not saying that you have to sit through two seasons and like something. It takes a while to get started in the, in the beginning of the first season, and it just keeps getting better and better, and by the time you get to the third season, you're like, this is the greatest shit ever, basically. So, yeah. That's <laughs> sir, sir, I think that's a funny idea. Some obscure, like, historical battle fighting game, but... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that that's good German fighting. soldier versus American paratrooper round. Oh, man. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't really watch He-Man. When I was growing up in the 80s, the two things that I were into the most were Transformers and then Turtles. Transformers fighting game would be pretty sick, but the problem is I wouldn't know how to build in the... Uh... The, the, the transform the transforming part into it. I was not uh, into G.I. Joe. I was never a big uh, gun shooty guns dude, even as a little baby. Definitely Transformers over G.I. Joe. Anyway, let's get into the news. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> All right. So, what's up? No, go ahead, go ahead. Skullgirls had a patch. I don't know if we mentioned it a couple weeks ago, so I just wanted to bring it back up and talk about it. It was specifically to improve uh, the online play. It was a netcode patch. Isn't that crazy? And... It's already one of the best netcode games out there, and they just improved it again. So my understanding of this, as described to me by some other folks, uh, I reached out to Mike Z, but Twitter died today, so he didn't probably didn't even see the DM. I don't know that he even got sent, I guess. Uh, <laughs> it's just that there was some functionality in basic GGPO that um, probably wasn't a great design, and what happened was is that if the two clients got disconnected, that there would one would one of them would basically turn off for a bit. It would pause or it would go to sleep, mm -hmm. and then it would wait to be caught up with. But during that time, it's not accepting inputs, right? So there's like inputs die for whatever number of frames that is. Um, so that's not that's not actually that great. But if you instead deal with that differently, like by having one of the clients slow down rather than pausing entirely, hmm. then it could be hidden from the player a little bit more that there's uh, you know any issues. Or if if it moves right. to 30 frames per second rather than 60, it's you know players probably don't really notice that too much. Like there's other ways to go about it. And I don't know exactly what it was that Mike Z did, but whatever it was, it's an improvement to the netcode. And I haven't played it, but yeah, I've heard fantastic things about it. In fact, Mike Z was floating the idea of having a Pan versus USA exhibition match because <laughs> it's that good. That would be sick. I mean, that's how you market your 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 netcode right there. Having a cross-ocean right? battle. I mean, he should throw in a Europe team as well. And do a round robin with all three of those areas. I think that would I actually. Mean, 
Japan versus Europe is maybe getting a little bit too frisky. I mean, you couldn't market it better than... <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, you I know, think that's super cool. But, I mean, Springfield George in the chat says that that, that exhibition is happening already. Oh, so they, it, it is going cool. to be happening. It is going to be happening, Very apparently. Cool. So. Yeah, I've played people in Japan and in Europe in both... Well, in several games. I've played them in Skullgirls when I was playing that when the game was new. And when in Killer Instinct, I've now played people in Japan and in Europe, and it's been totally fine. SFE uh, Ultimore Edition, right? Yes, and I was just gonna say, in the Ultimore in the Ultimore patch for <laughs> SF5, I've played against people from East Asia and Europe and South America and the Middle East, and what a golden time that was! <laughs> what a go- what a golden age! Oh man, yeah. Oh man. And, you know, to be fair, in Mortal Kombat, I've played against people in Europe, and it hasn't been so bad. Okay, that's good. That's good. Whew. Okay. Well, um... All right, so there's a little bit of news on that one. Yeah, but definitely... In SF5. That definitely means uh, make sure you check out Skullgirls if you can. It's always on sale somewhere. So, you know, find a sale for it. Get it uh, for a good price and try it out. Oh, actually, before moving on to SF, Mike Z also had a really good video that he put out. That was about why Wi-Fi is always bad. <laughs> Even yeah. if you yourself have like the most incredible connection, if you if your internet's going through the series of tubes faster than everybody else, it doesn't actually matter mm-hmm. still because Wi-Fi itself, as the ultimate connection between your console or or PC and the wall where the tubes mm-hmm. get started, if that's if it's air there that Wi-Fi is going through. Still, it's just going to always end up having problems. So it was a good little video. It was produced in the most early 2000s way possible. Like, the camera barely even looked like it was a digital camera. Like, it's incredible. <laughs> that uh, sounds, like a, my, sounds like something Mike Z would do, yeah. Definitely, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. No, it was, really, it was really, really good, really worth a watch. Oh, so someone linked it in the chat that. down below. So. Oh, yeah, hey, thanks for linking it right there. Cool. So that is... Linked by Springfield George. I'll put this in the YouTube video as well. But yeah, it's Mike Z using a 10 by 20 uh, uh, pixel camera with his little cat behind him on the back of his chair. And then he goes into some like text docs. I think it actually might be Note. <laughs> Instead of like, it's definitely not like Excel or anything like that. Okay. Anyway, okay. but watch it. Hey, it's, Notepad it's is the best, dude. Notepad is the best. Can't hate on Notepad. SF5's Season 4 DLC roster is currently free to play and will be so until May 6th. So if you're curious about who is that, that is Lucia, Poison, Honda, Seth Gil, and Gil, right? and, Seth, and Gil. Yeah, 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 Seth and Gil, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, five of the most interesting and diverse characters that have been in the game. So oh, yeah. definitely worth checking out. Oh, Kage's in there too, okay. Dang, Kage! Wow, that's right. Yeah, he was. That feels like so long ago to me, but you're right. It was the same. It was the same year. Yeah. Dang. Okay. Okay. Right. Remember when that little horny dude came out during Capcom Cup? What a disaster! (sighs) All right, we'll move on. During Capcom Cup. During Capcom. (sighs) Okay. But again, if you'd like to play those characters, they're free to play right now. So check them out if you're curious. In Mortal Kombat 11, I thought this was cool. Ed Boon had an interview. Yes. And in that interview, he alluded to a long future for Mortal Kombat 11. So he said, 
there's a lot of moving parts right now, so it's hard to say something like, oh yeah, when the next game is out, we will be doing Season 4 of Mortal Kombat 11. But I can say that at this moment, we plan on continuing to support Mortal Kombat 11 for some time, and we're looking forward to seeing it grow. So again, implication is pretty long-term support. All right, good, good, good. And that was the rumor when the game came out. The rumor was four years. And I don't know if that's right, right? It's never been substantiated (laughs) in any way. It's just that was what the rumor was. So, yeah. I mean, him him saying here this, uh, this, you know, that they're going to sort of implying that it will be around for a while is maybe Lens Creed is pretty cool. Yep. I I really hope that it's not the two-year cycle anymore. My big, my big hope. Agreed. All right, enough of game news. Again, not a lot going on. Community news. CEO 2020 likely to be rescheduled for December. <laughs> if that can even happen. <laughs> yeah. If that can even happen. Especially in Florida where they're all... I mean, I can't even make fun of them anymore because California is doing the same damn thing right now. Taking yeah, to the beaches. For some reason. <sighs> yeah, no, it sucks. But anyway, it won't be June. We know that much. In addition, uh, Capcom Fighters is running a stream where they're going to be showing old footage beginning with Capcom Cup 2016. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. Uh, Alex Myers and Vicious are going to be hosting that. That's at Friday at 7 p.m. Pacific time. And it's just, you know, on their stream, twitch.tv slash Capcom Fighters. So they'll be looking at Capcom Cup 2016. I believe that's Street Fighter Five Season 1. Okay, cool. IIRC. There's also a cool documentary on the third strike scene and its resurgence and uh, on the jazzy circuit put out by Phil Nolan. Um, I'm going to put that in the chat right now as well. And I'll put that in the YouTube video as well. And this is, uh, it's cool. I watched a bunch of it. I haven't gotten through the whole thing yet because we had to start this show. But uh, what's nice is that he, he talks with people involved in the scene and in its resurgence and with players who got into Third Strike later, like mm, more okay. recent, right. and have become some of the best players in the U.S. Mm. So, you know, have they view the scene as relative newcomers? Right, right. Definitely cool. Okay. There was, I uh, just want to shout out, because we got a few pings about it on Twitter, uh, shout out to The Gauntlet, which was a, which is a Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite yes. online tournament series. Yeah, 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 that's right. They just had their 100th, they had a 75-person bracket. It was an $1,800 crowdfunded pool for the prizes. That's awesome. Uh, put on by Doncon and Ralston Arcade, and that is at twitch.tv slash I underscore C underscore U underscore hater. <laughs> I see you hater with yep. an underscore in between each one of those things. So I watched a bunch of that, actually. Oh, cool. I was there watching in the chat. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I haven't kept up with the game very much, but... Each time I have gone back and watched, you know, as more tournaments have gone on, I'm always impressed at the diversity of characters and and zones that I see. Like, it feels like it's pretty well represented. Not literally every character. I don't think that I saw a Black Panther, but, like, you know, in general. I mean, the the craziest thing about that game is when it first came out, one of my biggest fears was that the way that the hits on deterioration seemed to be tied to damage. Right. 
it didn't matter what combo you did. Everything was going to be... You were going to do 6,000 damage, right? Right, yeah. And, you know, just like how, you know, in Jurassic Park, they say nature finds a way, man. Fighting game players find a way. And, yeah, these guys are finding these crazy combos, you know. It's one of those things that I was actually pleasantly surprised about, at how diverse and, you know, speaking of the event, 100 tournaments in a row that is not an easy feat i mean we just talked to obviously super joe monday who's been doing it for years now you know but still you know you got to give these guys credit where credit is due as well for this amazing event for going on for so long indeed yeah ah i guess they do bb tag as well that's awesome oh cool okay okay again i'll have the twitch in the youtube if you're watching this on youtube check the video description yeah and honestly i mean the game is really fun to watch and you know if you haven't seen it in that long someone in the chat says the last thing they saw watched it was sonic fox versus f champ it's definitely worth watching again because the game is crazy i remember yeah no it really is cool yeah it's it's a lot of fun now and diversity is pretty crazy in there well that's all i got okay Oh, I forgot to change it to community news up here. That's all I got. I've been playing. I picked up Conra. It's been my dream for like five <laughs> years to play Conra. And that dream was deferred for some time. Um, but I managed to recover it, and now I'm playing Conra. So he is probably the single most complicated character I've tried to learn in a fighting game. I don't know that many fighting games have somebody as complicated as he is. He's definitely, <laughs> he's got so much stuff going on. And it's on top of how complicated the KI system can just can be by <laughs> right. itself. Like, uh-huh. It's just extremely hard. Uh, it's like really easy to get to, into on the ground floor. And then there's just the ceiling is like so high up it has its own weather. You know what I mean? There's a cloud in between you. And yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, so to play the character is going to be a lot of work, but... I played against Keats in a long set, and I played against a couple other folks uh, from this chat, thanks to Mech as well, uh, a few other people. And, uh, yeah, I, I began to learn it, and I was, like, pleasantly surprised at my progress, to be honest. Nice. Uh, at yeah, some point in time, fun. both, uh, I mean, uh, Olaf used to play KI back in Season 1. I remember he played it when he was in the Army back then. And uh, we've both said that one of these days we're just going to try to get together and stream ourselves trying to learn the game from scratch basically uh, so. it's super good game yeah. i'm really enjoying it yeah yep i play well so is agonos a david character yeah in the sense that he's a weirdo he's a big body he is a semi grappler in some states but it's is also a game that has like rom and conra and <laughs> i may try are, I may try Agnos, actually. That would be awesome. I'll tell you the two characters so he, that I... He's great. I just think there's characters that fit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The two characters I want to try the most, uh, Agnos from a mechanic standpoint, because I just think that's super... Fa- I just want to punch people through walls and see, again, yeah. what a great example of there of just making someone feel good about doing something. When you punch Definitely. someone through, like, three walls, you'll never forget that for the rest of your life, right? Like, that's Definitely. so sick. But the other character I want to learn from an aesthetic standpoint is Hisako. Cause I just think, what a cool, what a cool character. I mean, Ghost Girl. I mean, come on, that's that's awesome. And I'll just sit there and play Chibomato in the background all day and play Ghost Girl. 
uh, on, on repeat in the background while I play her because that song is awesome. <laughs> did you want to play Makoto in Third Strike? I did want to play Makoto in Third Strike because she was the fast grappler, and I was like, that's yeah. so cool. But I ended up not being able to play her because she needs to be so good at Basically, the can I mix Lucky Charms kind of style, and yeah. I'm the worst at that. I, I fall well, into... Hisako is basically Makoto. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, no. Okay. Hmm. Well, but every character in the game is a mix-up character, right? I, I mean, guess that's true. The fundamentals of the combos are that every single character requires mix-up. I guess that's true. Okay. So she's really strong. Don't let me dissuade you from playing her. She's strong and she seems fun. I just think she looks cool. She looks cool, definitely. <laughs> she looks super cool. Definitely she looks uh, cool. Okay, well, I'll mess with her. I'll see how it works. Because within the context of that game, it might flow a little differently than Third Strike yeah. anyway. So oh, yeah, Because oh, yeah, the sure. problem is I was so pattern-based that I got parried easily. That was always one of my biggest problems in Third Strike, you know. And there's no parries in this game, so it might be a little bit different. So Not as a, not as a general mechanic yeah, yeah 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 of course of course of course good game i recommend everybody play it i just want to say i said this on twitter earlier it's a weird time bummer a lot of things suck but just as a personal note as many crappy things as are happening i'm happy that i'm able to play fighting games and boy if this had happened like two years ago oh god i just couldn't control my hands yet that would have super sucked. Yeah. Even worse. I never even uh, thought about it at, that way. At least, at least I can play games, and I feel that I'm using my time well. What I want to do with my time is like learn more characters in the games that I play and also pick up a new game or relearning a game in Killer Instinct. And I'm really happy with how all that's gone, to be honest. Yeah. Ripter might not be for me just because I'm not a... I don't know. Dinosaur character doesn't do it for me. So <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, obviously, I've been playing a lot of Tepin. <laughs> right. And uh, I got up to 1,908 points. It's the highest I've ever gotten, which was 228th in the world. Uh, hey, come on. Ripter is a waifu, okay? <laughs> By the way. Yeah. <laughs> but I got up to 228th in the world in Tepin and I'm really proud of myself for that, you know, because you it's, be. it's, a, it's a new genre and yes, I was like, okay, no, this season I'm going to just use a broken deck and just go for it and just see how high I can get. Now, since then I've gotten there, like I hovered around, I've lost a bunch of points since then because people are now one starting to fight that deck a lot better and you're running into a lot more of the, the decks that can fight it. And two, I've just been on a really bad RNG streak. I've been having some bad pulls, but even getting uh -huh. that high 228th in the world, I think is, is super cool. Like I'm, I think it's super cool. I absolutely agree, man. I think that's great. Especially because it's a different genre, you know, and you know, some, I I've had trouble winning in it. And some people were like, maybe you're just bad at this game. And I was like, well, screw you. I'll prove to you that I am not. And I think I'm, I think I've gotten there. Like I, I said, think you have, I mean, when I got to 228th, you know, Kyle P was like, he was like, you're higher than I am right now. You know? Dude, so, let's go, James. <laughs> 
So Kyle uh, P. Yeah, I, I mean, Kyle P's gotten up to number two, okay? Like, so whatever. So? Yeah, wow. he's gotten to number two at one point in time. But at the same time, for me, uh, getting the 228 without putting that much A money into it and a lot less time than a lot of other people might be, like, I feel like I've done, I'm like I said, I'm really proud of myself for doing that. So You should be. And I just want to also say, I think it's really cool that you are specifically like reinforcing that for yourself yeah right? yeah like it's, it's not just that you did good but you definitely you definitely did but it's not just so that you're like expressing to yourself that you did good uh-huh. and i think that that deserves an extra round of you thinking <laughs> that you did good. yeah because like i said i'm serious i mean in the past few years like i feel like outside of tetris like i haven't been able to like get myself to this kind of level and something and so i was like you know what this is something that, you know, is competitive. I can try to prove to myself that I can do something, and there you go. So, And it also makes me feel super legit as a commentator for Teppin as well. I've been doing a lot of Teppin commentary as well. So, you know, really excited. Fun game, but meta's kind of in a bad place right now. Unfortunately, Gung Ho is also really badly affected by COVID, and they've kind of announced that the next season is not going to have any crazy balance changes. So okay. I know it's going to hurt their player base a lot because people are sick of Zero, <laughs> nice. which is evident by the fact that, uh, like, the freaking every deck now is like a counter Zero deck. <laughs> huh. So, you know, <laughs> makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so there you go. And I'm still working on the Street Fighter V as well. Like I said, mm-hmm. I've been hovering around 11,000 with Lucia. Uh, trying to get myself to ultra platinum right now. Uh, I definitely stream a lot better when the microphone and the camera are off. Mm. I tried that one time and I was I played a lot better because I didn't have an outlet to complain and whine and cry and spiral myself down to frustration. So yeah, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I'm gonna keep trying to do that. I'm going to keep trying. And it has nothing to do with talking. It's just that once shit goes wrong, I'm like, God, why did this happen? And this is so stupid, this character. You know, uh, it's just, it's a lot easier <laughs> when I'm something stupid happens and nobody can hear me. I have thought about turning the camera on because then I think that would be entertaining because then you would <laughs> see me just be going like. Right. Yeah. I think that might be kind of fun. So. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> well, well, all right. Uh, thanks to Big Tummy Dummy for the sub, but we didn't mention that one. We also didn't mention Stumblebee. Thanks for that. Thanks for the nice note as well. Thanks to Zorlon for the sub and for the nice note as well. And then thanks to Johnny Bake for the sub. Didn't get to those in real time, so I wanted to make sure that we did by the end of the stream. I'm just going to say it here, even though it's supposed to be when I say it on my own stream, but Sigma Nuts, Cat Butts, that's all I'm going to say. That's my PG version of my infamous tweet. Uh, And because I have all the emotes for it in the chat, you can see over there. Sigma Nuts, Cat Butts, there you go. That is the... the, PG version. J butt and N butt. I love it. <laughs> Shoutouts to Irene, by the way. Speaking of MVCI, uh, Irene Wiley, our resident cat uh, artist, <laughs> for making me those right, emotes. Nice so there you go. <laughs> All right, man. You want to burn them? Yeah, let's burn them. 
Uh, Thanks for hanging out, everybody. Uh, did that not play? Oh, I have the volume down again because I always do that during the break. Okay. Uh, uh, uh. There we go. Have a good night, everybody. That was really good food, by the way. Shout outs to my wife. She, <laughs> uh, she made one. great food again? Whoa, no way. Hey, can you hear me?